Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. How would you define the Mile High Hustle? Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Please tell me. Denver's changed a great deal over the past 30 years. 10 years. 5 years. Heck, I've noticed some new things pop up since last month. But if you look a little closer... You can see growing businesses, new ideas, and interesting people making these changes happen. So here it is, a podcast about the businesses, ideas, and people shaping Denver today. And we're calling it Mile High Hustle. Mile High Hustle. Mile High Hustle. The Mile High Hustle is the grind. Working your ass off and networking like crazy in like the real way. They work like crazy so they can get the weekend off to go skiing. I think it's something different than what's going on in places like Silicon Valley. The breaks are better in Colorado. Every other week in the lead up to Denver Startup Week, the largest free entrepreneurial event of its kind, we're releasing a new episode to help you navigate this dynamic new business landscape. How would you define the Mile High Hustle? You know, when I think the word hustle, I think about how hard it is to work to do anything that you've never done before or that no one's done before. Colorado continues to lead the nation in, in innovation and in, in, in change. Mile High Hustle, the Denver Startup Week podcast, is being directed by Denver Startup Week, hosted by myself, Paul Caroli, and produced by House of Pod. Episode one is coming on June 25th. Subscribe now and find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I appreciate you taking the time, Governor. Well, good luck with your hustle. (laughs) Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Howdy, Real Nerds listeners. Zach here. Um, One quick note about this week's show. Um, Brad and James were not present for the recording, so I took over recording duties, and uh, as expected, something went wrong because... I'm terrible. Um, the first four minutes of the show were lost due to a issue with the SD card. Um, so you do not get the intro for Corinne and Ryan and myself. Um, but you've heard us on the show before, so odds are you already recognize our voices. Um, if you don't, um, uh, Ryan is the one that's speaking the loudest. I am the one that's speaking the most timidly. And Corinne is the one that's speaking softly but assuredly. Uh, Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode on Christopher Robin. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. good to go yeah now we're good this is why i don't like directors <laughs> they always try to like stop me from doing stuff and i'm ready i've been ready since first call i am ready roll R- ryan just because you're ready doesn't mean you expose <laughs> yourself to the entire crew to prove it <laughs> <laughs> that's uh from Wee's big adventure from the little bratty kid oh, yeah. anybody oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw Christopher Robin. I almost said Winnie the Pooh. A.K.A. <laughs> crying the movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I did not cry. No? You oh. You're a human I monster. Was, <laughs> I was honestly like surprised. I, I had Kleenexes in my purse. I was prepared. And then I didn't cry. You know, me, I'm sitting in a row all by myself because I saw it really early in the morning. Sometimes I have to because of uh, my wife and I's schedule. So I, I ran there and I'm like, I don't know if Kellen can sit through this because it's more of a drama. After yeah, after seeing it, he'd probably really like it. Yeah. But I'm sitting in a row all by myself, and uh, there's a moment in the movie, uh, I'll talk about it later, that I'm just like, no, I'm not crying. And all these, yeah, I look like a goofball. But yeah. uh, speak for your, speak for yourself. We'll talk about it. Like sometimes I felt like I was seeing it through a watery filter. <laughs> so um, anyway, I'm the one who didn't. I know. It says a lot about us, doesn't it? It does. You're a robot. <laughs> um, yes, I am. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> only only great quote from Shrek nowadays. <laughs> um, so stay tuned to the end of the show. We're going to say if you see the movie not, play the trailer, then spoil it. Because you can spoil this movie, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and in the meantime, we're going to eat snacks. Yeah. Oh, I love Corinne. She always brings snacks. Shit, it's no. the 90s. She's got. Uh, pretty sure, like you brought us enough snacks one time that lasted us like a month. <laughs> yeah, got, we got fruit by the I foot, which is a my favorite. Because I thought there would be more of you here. <laughs> I know what a bunch of yahoos. Um, actually, I was going to bring this up. Uh, I'm going to apologize to people that are expecting real nerds episodes and our interviews from Denver Comic Con. Um, everything in our personal lives have kind of overlapped these last couple months. So James got married, and then Brad is also working not only on a feature, but he's not here this week because he's shooting another forty out or. 48 hour film mm-hmm. which for those who don't know he has 48 hours to make a movie mm-hmm. so uh it's all overlapped and made our it crazy episodes do exist these interviews do exist and we will put them up as soon as uh our personal lives settle down and also if you listen to the show enough you know i've only been on one time in the last like four weeks um so yeah uh, i know everybody's missed me i've seen the twitter um, the total engagements have been down since I haven't been here. Um, you should have seen, like, the streets of Denver. There were protests all over. There was. I, I thought it, at first it was just because of what's going on in the news, but no. No, no. It's all, we want Ryan. I know, we and want... I'm finally here to quell the uprising. I thought it was a little too much when they kept yelling Attica, but. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'd be sweet if I was like. Al Pacino <laughs> yeah. throwing money into the street. <laughs> And then it looks like you only threw a little bit, but it's actually a lot, like a cannon. It goes boom. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I'm throwing tons of money. Um, you had uh, a lighter voice back then. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I, no, it's hard for me to. I can't do Pacino at all, except for um, older his, Pacino, his Devil's Advocate Pacino, where he's way over the top the whole time. It's also scent of a woman Pacino too. You think? It's kind of. But he's so over the top in Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah. oh, I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't do any other like just normal Pacino. It's always over the top. I can't do just, hey, look at me. I'm 70s Pacino. Dog day afternoon. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> the uh, Godfather. Serpico. <laughs> yeah. You know, those movies. Um, the apex yeah. of <laughs> Pacino. I just hope on uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood he's doing Com Pacino because that'd be awesome. Because it seems like the character he's supposed to be playing is. Where uh, is Manson? <laughs> What character is he playing in that? He's playing the – I think he's playing the rancher who owned the ranch that Manson's cult um, mm. hung out on. Interesting movie. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we love seeing movies at Alamo Draft House. Here's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House in the month of August. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Tell me more, tell me more. 
Well, you know, uh, Rocky's going to be there. Oh, God damn, the, the Stallone filter. <laughs> you know? Brad didn't tell me how to turn it off before he left. Uh, yeah, so uh, they're showing all seven films of Rocky, so that includes Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, when does Creed 2 come out? Is it October? November. Is it November? Yeah, yeah I, I think the only... When I was on here last. I think the reason they're doing it in August um, and into September, possibly, is because they've got stuff planned for September, and then they, uh, October's all horror-themed. Oh, yeah, And absolutely. then, no, and then November's it. quiet. So like my goal this year is to make it to uh, dismember. I would love to in October it's, at it's, Alamo. I just gotta like, it's it's all a matter of work. I've blacked I blacked out that we that I month. Know, right? Um, so uh, they're also showing all the Indiana Jones films. Um, you should really watch Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's better than no. people say it is. It is better than people think it is. Yeah, but Harrison Ford is old. So he's That's awesome. Sad. Where's my gold, Indy? Yeah. Where's I my see gold? Him when he was Young and hot. My mom has the hugest crush on Harrison Ford. When, when he was River Phoenix? <laughs> no, when... You could, you could see it for 15 minutes in The Last Crusade. Um, uh, when he... Uh, my my wife... Uh, my wife... My mom thought he was so hot in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and regarding Henry. So, you mm-hmm. know, some... some s- J.J. Abrams' first movie. You know, no, no, it's not that. It's no, just it's like, a bad movie. It's the two films yeah. that you don't pair side by side, like... And she loved the witness. I, witness. I, I think that's a uh, older person like favorite th- of Harrison Ford is. Well, yeah, witness. they get. I mean, the, the hot and heaviest it gets is when she's like, you know, taking her bath. And, I know. Well, yeah. oh yeah, I yeah. remember that scene. Yeah, the I was bath. talking about the barn raising getting hot and heavy, but what do I know? Well, that that is hot and heavy too. But like he 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 sneaks in on that gal taking a taking up sponge bath. That's right. <laughs> the Amish. How does the Amish fireplace work? Voodoo, voodoo. Apologies to the Amish community. They're never going to hear yeah, this. Yeah, exactly, but it, just in case. Because, you know, it's... Rumspringer's near. Plugged in, but it gives off heat. Very, very cool. Maybe they've learned to just say, eh, whenever we feel like it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. Um, I didn't say what we do. We also talk about movies that are coming out, um, Blu-ray, uh, movie news, and what we've been watching. I have a lot of what we've been watching. I've been gone for so long. My only episode that I was here at was our film explosion, which, by the way, I also got to say thanks. That was the most participated film explosion in emails and Facebook stuff that I've gotten in a long time. Yeah. Um, 98 seems now, to be right around our target audience or something. It's also going to be our most controversial episode when it comes oh, up. Cause... Zach. Yeah, I haven't heard it obviously so i'm assuming you guys read the email i sent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we did did we did that's me? that's not why we didn't judge you no we judged zach yeah because zach is dumb but uh-huh, uh-huh. but so no, you know so no so this one's gonna be afterwards so zach dumb dumb um saving private ryan at number five which is really low and so we gave him crap for that but number four was the faculty no four was out of sight three was the faculty. oh yeah three was the faculty <laughs> yeah i've never seen i mean i've seen private ryan Saving Private Ryan, yeah. but I've never seen the faculty. So, so it's okay if you – so here's the thing. is pre, Saving Private Ryan should be higher, but that you put the faculty above it, mm, it kind of you kind of lose your argument for a list being top ten of anything. Okay, you, so I guess I'm always confused. Is Film Explosion supposed to be like the best movie? No, what year, we think. Or? What we think. Yeah. has so, nothing to do with like anybody else. Or favorite just, movies of the year? Yeah. Yeah, just like stuff you like to rewatch or like you, you really appreciate I and mean, whatnot. I mean, in 
somewhat in Zach's defense, because again, I've never seen the faculty. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan is a good movie, but it is so hard to watch because it's so brutal and violent. And I'm gonna sad. eat fruit by the foot and okay. um, pretend I'm not listening to you. Um, no, the, I, actually, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Schindler's List, right? Like, it's, yeah, but it's, so it's a Schindler's hard. List, ninety three, ninety three, yeah. So um, glory, like I own Glory, but I've yeah. never seen it once because it was just sad. Well, that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I'm gonna need some fruit by the foot. Thanks, Corinne. Um, no, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, but when your opinion is wrong, I'm going to make fun of you for it. Everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. Exactly. Is that, yeah. what, is that what we're on right now? Yeah. It's just here. Here's the thing. I always look at too. It's not only should the movie be enjoyable. I get it. Like I have freaking Dead Man on Campus on my list and Almost Heroes. I get it. Not great films, but those are fun and they're at the bottom of my list. Um, when you uh, put a movie that's not very well made. And um, a movie that's maybe, like, the greatest war movie ever made. I just have a hard time I mean, buying your list. I didn't even put Saving Private Ryan on my list, so... That's true. She did not. So Neither did Henry. But yeah, that was actually kind of weird, but... I thought it was one of those things where it would, it would be on everyone's list. I mean, granted, I didn't see it in 1998. Yeah. Does it scream 1998 to me in the same that's way fine. that, like... It screams timeless. Um, that's, that's for so, sure. So for me, so when I was doing the 98 list, I was in high school. So a lot of mine... So I think number three for me is The Wedding Singer. Because I, I saw that the most in theaters that day and, uh, that year. And I think, it's, I think it's a great movie. But I think a lot of times when you do nostalgic film explosions, you go back to thinking of what's good for you at that time mm-hmm. and stuff you're going to continuously watch. And I just give Zach crap because it's fun. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's wrong, but it's still fun. Um, um, actually, cause you weren't here last week, but I rewatched it because I picked up the 4K. I mean, I can only watch the Blu-ray. But oh, Saving Private Ryan yeah. or Faculty? Uh, no, <laughs> the 4K of the Faculty. I have the, I have the Faculty Scream or is it on Shout? I think it's Shout. I checked the company on that link you gave me. It's actually, it's actually Mill Creek. Is it? Yeah. Because they have that Blu- Blu-ray and digital. Do I own the faculty? I'm pretty sure I do. Um, but anyway, like I rewatched <laughs> it, and like I conceded that I probably should have put it up a, a couple more spaces at the very least, just because it is that amazing. I mm-hmm. hadn't watched it in two years prior to that rescreening, but I knew I wanted it on the list. So, um, yeah. But I I can't wait to get a 4K TV because I want to watch that movie on 4K because it probably looks even more amazing. Um. Yeah. Sometimes movies do. Sometimes about I, one. See, that's the thing. After you told me about Jurassic Park, I'm I'm weary about some of the 4Ks I got. <laughs> not, uh, well, not the one that I it, got from work, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing: is when your Jurassic Park in 4K does look better, mm-hmm. but it's not a sh- like a, a showpiece one. You just, you're not gonna. Sh- the audio is amazing, right? But you're not gonna say, "Oh, look at what this film can do." Yeah. Being you know, and I'll talk about a movie that came out in '98. That surprised me. Was hmm. it 98? Maybe 97. Hmm. Uh, but I'll talk about it later. Um, then I got on 4K that is amazing on 4K. Um, and it's a Sony movie, so I think some, maybe Sony is better at it because the, the Patriot looks stunning on 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jurassic Park. Is uh, it You've Got Mail? No. <laughs> I, I, I do love that movie. It didn't make it to my top 10, but it's one of, um, it is a great movie. The, the 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 remake of the shop around the corner that we mm-hmm. all needed. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is movie news. It's real news. Alrighty. Um. Actually, a lot 
happened this week um, for like at least the Star Wars community because we got a bunch of announcements about the cast and also the fate of Carrie Fisher. So uh, they they did put out a press release with the actual like cast of like who's returning, and it's revealed that Luke Skywalker is going to be back. Mark Hamill's in the cast list, along Force with, Ghost, along with pretty much everyone that's already been announced, including Carrie Russell's role. Um, and then Carrie Fisher's um, last appearance in Star Wars will be via footage that was uh, shot for the Force Awakens, but unused. It's a great article because um, off the Hollywood Reporter they interviewed her son mm-hmm. and her her daughter and they allowed them to do it because they weren't going to do it at first mm-hmm. but jj made the argument that he wanted to finish her story mm-hmm. how they're going to do it i don't know um he shot insurance up. footage didn't he <laughs> just in case just in case <laughs> oh no it's like an ed wood when he's like bill Lugosi. well isn't he dead yes but i got the last footage he ever shot <laughs> <laughs> um cool um guys remember when and honestly they... she deserves to be in it yes no, I, I agree. I, I think that's the only way to, like, even remotely approach that subject. Because, I mean, if you kill her off screen, it's... Yeah, that's, I, mean, I think that's tougher to swallow than... I mean, she's obviously passed away in real life, right. but... Yeah, because it's like something I mean, you'd... It's like you would get it, but at the same time, it's just... Unfulfilled. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. She's such a huge part oh, of Oh, yeah. And I think in The Last Jedi, I think she's the heart of that movie. So... Well, I this think was she... supposed to be her movie. Yeah. Nine was. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of how, you know, Seven was um, Han Solo mm-hmm. and Eight was Luke's and this was supposed Chewy, to be Chewie, it's my movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, nope. not, it's not that good. I know. Um, moving on, though, because um, if we go too long on Star Wars, people will send us hate mail. Um, really? Yeah, because that's what all the fans do nowadays. Um, oh, I thought you meant like when I was on last. No, no, no. Just, and just. We went, did you hear that, Ryan, where we went off on a tangent and mm-hmm. we became Oh, <laughs> we tried to like figure out why everyone's pissy, but we got no answers. Mm. So many answers. I mean, we have answers. It's just no one's satisfied with them. Hey, don't eat the paper, okay? Fruit by the foot just educated me. Fuck. Oh god, I've had those in years. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan, I gotta go to the hospital. When I was when I was younger, we used to like see if we could eat the whole thing at once. I don't think I could do that now. Even though they're pretty delicious. I used to eat them like a cinnamon roll. <laughs> I once saw him eat electrical tape right off the roll. He thought, <laughs> he thought it was a fruit by the foot that had gone bad. Well, good That's news. Ryan. Good news. Now there's a warning. I won't do that anymore. Did you get my reference? No. What's your reference? Oh, it's the good place. Oh. Man, you're busting that out. I got to... That's good stuff. I my brain's been clogged because I sure I've been watching a lot of Alf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll clog your brain. Ryan, how are you doing? <laughs> That's not a good Alf. Uh, moving on though. Uh, remember they were gonna make a Die Hard Year One. Mm-hmm. Um, well, apparently um, we got some news that it's moving forward with the script. It's gonna feature a feature a young Holly Gennaro, uh, and Bruce Willis is gonna help cast young John McClane. Cool, I, I, I kind of don't care, <laughs> but I wanted to bring it up because it it is diehard. What, what? Unless he's just doing like cop stuff. Yeah, or I don't. Is it supposed I, to take place like a year after Die Hard? Well, no, if they call it year one, I guess he's a rookie. It could be. You know what would be awesome if it was a case that he he did early on in his career that established like how tough he could be, but it also got away from him, and then the bookend is old Bruce Willis taking care of finishing it. So like it starts with that, ends with old. Uh, starts with old, ends with old, all in the middle. So it's like a like I don't know, 
an, uh, an artsy diehard. <laughs> <laughs> we already tried dumb diehard with the last one. Why not artsy this time? Yeah, I guess just as long as it's not Jay Courtney, huh? <laughs> Excuse me, it's it's Captain Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, Br- Ryan, this is just for you and us. Did you see the trailer for Puppet Master The Littlest Reich? <laughs> I did not. I'm not this, a big Puppet Master fan. This looks ridiculous. And I've already well, I, I already heard it described by some of the guys on Shockwaves. And just seeing the footage that match up matches up with it, like I've never been a big Puppet Master fan either. But I am a Charles I'm, Band fan because not because he makes great films, but because he knows he doesn't make great films. He's like, you know what? I'm making these movies anyways. He, he's like that. Like, not another Ed, Ed Wood reference, but he is like that guy who's making the sex change film <laughs> don't eat like, the paper <laughs> so he's like i don't i don't make burning passion stories from people who want to tell their stories i make crap <laughs> uh, but i am so uh, in the early 90s he did do a th- um called full moon features mm-hmm. and the fr- I-, I love the subspecies series and castle freak is pretty good i'm fairly sure those are probably all available now on his streaming service his uh, well streaming. i mean i have all the subspecies on blu-ray oh i guess you don't need to worry yeah. about that <laughs> i don't i don't do streaming because I, I do something streaming, um, like ALF, mm-hmm. but as far as movies go, I don't like streaming them. Right. I hate when the bit rate goes down, You know, and it drives a, me crazy. While you would never do it, though, uh, you should listen to an interview he did with those Shockwaves people from Blumhouse about how he got the streaming service going and how it operates. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's insane. If people, I, Hey, I'm probably going to get the Disney one. I'm not going to lie, because if it's going to have all the Disney movies – all the TV shows. And I mean, when I was younger, um, Disney used to be a premium channel. I know I'm older than you, so you probably don't remember this, but it used to be a premium channel. It didn't have commercials and you had to pay for it. And And my grandparents are the only people that had the Disney channel. So I used to go over there all the time and watch kids incorporated, um, all the goofy, uh, like the new Mickey mouse club. And I used to love that stuff. So I'm really hoping that that stuff makes its way back on there so I can watch it once and be like, what's wrong with me as a kid? This stuff sucks. But at the same time, it's still available. And if they make all the cartoons, that's what I really want. Yeah. I want to – I mean, I have Darkwing Duck on DVD. Um. You would know better <laughs> than anyone. Is there a restored version of Disney's Halloween treat with that with that <laughs> trippy 90s intro and that no. silly song? <laughs> no. So I, I, there's – I just hope that it's available. I, I – yeah, I mean, right now, so my Disney Movie Club, one of the exclusives is there's like a Darkwing Duck Christmas that I've never seen um, that I want to get, but it's only available on DVD. Mm. And they also have like Ben and Me. I don't remember the old um, cartoon with a little mouse that helps Ben Franklin that I used to love. So I hope that stuff makes its way on there. But uh, streaming, if people like it, good for them. <coughs> awesome. Um, moving on. Um Remember when we were going to get two Jungle Book movies at once and then we yep. didn't? Well, Andy Serkis' Jungle Book movie is now going to Netflix. Yeah, it looked like garbage. <laughs> it did. I, I wasn't Yeah. I wasn't impressed with the trailer. Well, I'm still interested to see how it all looks, but I would have rather seen it in a theater because I'm sure that mocap would look better in a theater than it probably I would. I mean, once it's been shot on the shelf for two years. It has. Because um, it was supposed to release in 2016. The well, it's same just like year. what other movie they do that with is pretty big. Um... Well, not Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's supposed to come out, and then I don't know how much Warner Brothers sold it for. I mean, and I I, I don't understand what. I guess they just have it for content. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to jump on Netflix. Like, oh, I got to get Netflix this month because they have Mowgli. I heard Matt Damon plays a parrot or something. Yeah. I don't know. 
We'll see. I mean, I'll give it a chance. I like Andy Serkis a lot. Um, I think that it's a shame that no one recognizes how great he is in the Planet of the Apes movies uh, mm-hmm. on a wider scale. Um, me, I appreciate – I mean, his his performance in War is stunning, mm-hmm. and he should definitely have an Oscar. Did, and you, see, just... did you see his directorial debut, Breathe, with mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield? Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like a melodrama – like so, it's it wasn't gonna like push anybody's boundaries or buttons, but it's pretty solid entertainment. Did he put Andrew Garfield in a mocap suit? N- no, no, no one can. Mo- <laughs> <on. laughs> no one can no mocap. He's a mocap yeah. lung. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called breathe, guys. Oh, I think I did see a preview for that. Yeah, um, I saw it and I thought it was gonna be like some kind of awards contender, and then I never saw it in the theater. It was the same mm-hmm. was good by Christopher Robin that year too. Um, but um, I've seen it pop up on streaming sites, and I'm probably gonna peep it, uh, peep it out again at some point. Um, but I remember it being like really good when I finally like rented it on Amazon. But now it's like getting to those free streamings. Um, ben Affleck and Matt Damon purchased uh, a Monopoly heist uh, movie story. Hey, I'll watch it. So Argo isn't 100 percent like accurate at all. Doesn't but matter. he knows how to make a really cool movie. Oh, if he awesome. if he directs and writes it, I'm down. Yeah, and I want. He's, Matt- yeah, he's one of those guys who doesn't get a lot of credit for how great of a filmmaker he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he won an Oscar, but I mean, as far as general people are concerned, because he's I think he's pretty great as an actor and a director. Oh, I agree. Um, what was his last movie that he directed? It was Live, like, Live by Night. Or Live, Live by, by night. night. Yeah, which yeah. I I maintain is not as bad. No, as the credit the critics said it was, no. but I will admit it is flawed. Yeah, actually, I have the Blu-ray. I got it for like three dollars on a Black Friday sale. I got it for two dollars at Second Spin when it closed. Yes, yeah, so it's still in the cellophane, sitting on my like shelf. Oh, it's not still in my cellophane. But so I, I made this deal with my wife that I'd make a bigger, concerning effort to rewatch films. That's why you can go onto RealNursePodcast dot com and read the Scream Factory Crypt to rewatch films and. Um, justify their existence justify their existence because my wife not that she's like telling me i can't do stuff but she's like how many of these movies have you even seen twice so it's basically like i'll show you i'll watch all these movies twice and then i have to get up like wanting to do it yeah like when i saw the last jedi for the first time i was just kind of like and then i you know saw it again later and it helped me to process it a lot yeah Mm -hmm. whereas other like when i went with friends again to see it and they came out and they were like i don't know if i really like that movie and i'm like go see it again i think after the second time, you will appreciate yeah. it more. I already know one of movies that's still in my top ten that will probably end up on my film explosion, uh, Red Sparrow, this year. A lot of guys hated it. I mean, I, don't, I think I'm the only one who liked it on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. The <laughs> and um, and I watched it, and I'm like, I don't know what they've seen. I think it's pretty fun. Well, fun's a bad word. Yeah. But I think it's a pretty entertaining sp- spy movie. And uh, watching it again, yeah, it's brutal and it's really mean, but I kind of like movies like that. And so uh, I'll be I'll be watching it again before my film explosion week. It's actually starting to get pretty close to my film explosion like compiling of a list mm-hmm. um, because I ha- I go back and watch tons of movies and see where they uh, sit. When I was didn't have a kid, I remember I posted on Facebook like five years ago. I literally have stacks of movies and I would just watch them to see where they land. But now I have a kid, I can't I can't watch Red Sparrow with with him around. Why not? Well, not that I don't think he would. <laughs> it's more so that he would not be I'm not uh, confused. He'd just get annoyed because it's really slow moving. And he's like, dude, so I think there's like nudity. And Meh. Sex oh, you and think Meh. you think there's nudity in Meh. that movie? Let me. Let me. Helen, look away. 
Let me reassure you, there is nudity in that movie. I don't care about this. There's a lot of awkward boobs. Not necessarily sad boobs. Awkward boobs. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but anyway, yeah. My but, parents always just covered my eyes during that kind of My thing. dad yeah. never. My, there's only one movie I remember vividly where my dad's like, don't watch this. It's Predator 2, where before the Predator shows up and kills all those drug lords, and that mm-hmm. chick's like totally railing that guy. <laughs> and uh, that's the only time my dad said, don't watch this. But he never really said anything to me besides that. I used to rent you know, Child's Play and Friday the 13th all the time. Look at me. I turned out normal. Ish. Sure. That's a relative term. Yeah. Anyways, but, anyway, but, but anyway, the Mo- Monopoly movie really quick. I'm, I'm down for this. Uh, yeah. The story it's based it's on sounds really interesting because I remember those Monopoly games and they were. Well, what I always hope for, because when I saw the big short or what, what it was about, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look that fun. But when you see the movie, you know, this movie's pretty awesome. Yeah. So hopefully it be something like that. Yeah. Did you, when the, you remember the Monopoly game uh, at McDonald's at one point they had Best Buy Bucks. I don't remember. They, I, they would have like $1, $5, $10, and I collected that shit, uh, and that's how I built part of my first DVD collection. You know, I, I was never a big McDonald's guy. Oh, I was. <laughs> like, I can... Yep. Yeah. I know last time I went there. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong. I don't have anything wrong. With, I don't care what people do, but yeah. I just... I don't I, know. I've never I, been I, that guy. I just wanted Best Buy books. Um, and now I just want McDonald's. <laughs> um, lastly, because it relates to our movie of the week, uh, Christopher Robin won't be released in China because <laughs> China's president's angry. Because <laughs> people say he looks like poo. Yeah, John Oliver does a really funny segment on that, yeah. and he's continued it where he's where he puts a side by side picture of Winnie the Pooh and China's president. And goes, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, um, it's not the first censorship problem disney's had within the past couple of years and with china i mean they yeah. control everything so and then they had other issues with i think the second guardians movie or one of them or something with I the remember. content issue but anyway um that's news, go america at least as far as i can tell did you talk about movie pass last week yes we did um but i there is an update on that um it was that they um they they are now no no longer doing first run and features. they also raise the price to fourteen ninety five. Yeah, which sure, it's it's cheaper than. I mean, AMC. That's, that's not a bad deal, but it's less stable than AMC Stubbs list. Yeah, I don't think that business model is going to serve. No, that. they it can't because they have that's to the succeed though. Because I, mean. I want Gotti too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they. Tr- I think they went about it wrong, and I think their rollout and constant changing of the terms was really clumsy. Yeah, and I think it just turned a lot of people off because, especially during the summer. Yeah. Exactly, and because so frustrating. Because I know a lot of people, like I did, you know, when I went to see Fallout, I was like, "Why can't I pull it up on my Movie Pass?" Mm-hmm. And I was finally like, "Well, I mean, I'm already here. I'm just gonna buy the ticket." And you're glad and you did. Yeah. But seriously, I want Gotti too. Gotti got you back. <laughs> okay. It's just John Travolta doing that like finger finger bang thing there, <laughs> like a <laughs> finger guns. That's it. Yeah. Not not what I said before. Because that was dirty. Anyway, that's news. Uh, Thanks, Zach, for putting that image in my head. Yeah. Now we can never get I out of I was thinking it. of a South Park episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so this is what's coming out on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases the Blu-ray. And Ultra 4K. Every time I see stuff like Ultra or Extreme, I just think of late 90s when they use like x's to describe it or something like that here ryan have a power sauce bar it's on the house (laughs) um quite a bit of cool things are coming out um predator is getting a 4k release (laughs) it's also getting um a 4k um trilogy collection 
So uh, that's the one I'm getting with uh, all three movies. They don't include the AVP movies, which is okay. Um, yeah. Requ- John- Requiem's fun. Or funner. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know what's funny? Is a lot of people don't like that one as much. Really? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it more because it's more violent. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> um, also coming out from Scream Factory is we are getting uh, a John Carpenter made-for-TV movie called Someone to Watch Me. Oh, someone's, someone's watching me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is. They're 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 also going to be getting some more John titles. So like, yeah, really soon. I think it's next week. We get um, Starman soon. Not not no, soon, but next year. I think. Yeah. Because um, they did a huge ass announcement. Yeah. So they, yeah. So they already did the In the Mouth of Madness, which is I. Oh, yeah. I wish I watched it this week, but I didn't have time. Yeah, we'll probably do be doing that next week. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, someone's watching me. I've never seen. Um, I might wait till it goes down in price a little bit. But the problem with some of these Scream Factory stuff, if they're not their popular titles, they never go down in price. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I heard it's not bad. I I've never seen his TV movies outside of the Elvis one. Mm. So I'd need to. Uh, acquire that and the other one. Uh, also coming out on the horror front is actually one of my favorite horror films that is takes place in Colorado. It's called The Changeling with mm-hmm. George C. Scott and it's a haunted house. It's on uh, near Cheeseman Park. Who got that one? Um, it is. Wait, it's set there or it was filmed there? Uh, it's set there. Uh, well, it's a true story, mm-hmm. and it, um, it it was filmed there, I believe. Oh no, I I don't. I'm not 100 sure, but this uh, I get the uh, deluxe edition. It comes with. Um, the whole story about it. So I'll let you know next week. Okay. Um, it's a great movie and it has actually a pretty great seance scene in it up there with, I don't know if you've ever seen the uninvited. It's pretty close to the, un- I think it's better than the uninvited, but kind of the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great film. If you, uh, there's two versions of it too. So I'm getting the, del- it's a change lane. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I'm Violet. getting, <laughs> uh, I'm getting the super deluxe edition, which comes with the soundtrack, which I didn't know if, I don't even know if I even want it, but, is five dollars more? And I was like, yeah, why not? It also comes in like a hard slip cover case, um, but there's a standard edition as well that comes with all the Blu-ray special features. Driving down the road, catching people speeding. While yes, to the well, soundtrack. now you know. Um, oh, Severin's doing it. Severin, Severin does, puts out good Blu-rays. No, they do. I was just wondering because like there's there's always like everyone tries to get something, whether it's Arrow or Kino mm-hmm. Lobo or something like that. I always like seeing who gets what. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're how they're doing Candyman with Scream is pretty awesome because the UK is getting the Arrow uh, one. The Arrow's getting UK, uh, but they shared money on getting the yeah because they do because uh, uh, it's they're called Red Shirt Productions. There's a lot of the people that do the um, documentaries. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> Star Trek. Well, um, I guess they all die eventually. Uh, also, the Death of Superman is coming out from DC Animated. Um, the Steelbook looks neat from Best Buy. Yeah. There's um, supposed to be a steelbook too of the Predator at Best Buy, but I didn't never saw it, so I just ordered it off Amazon. I don't know. I um, never trust their ad. Anymore. Right, uh, Revenge is the movie. I actually really want to see it. Uh, Brad, Brad saw, it. saw it and described it, and I kind of nodded off when he described it because he got in like really specific detail. Yeah. Um. Thanks, Brad. Um. Also, Macami from Shout is coming out. Collector's edition. Collector's edition was a really goofy, or late '80s, early '90s. I don't remember anything about it. I know I've seen it. My um, my uh, basically capitalizing on ET. My favorite Mac and Me later. thing ever is every time Paul Rudd, or most times when Paul Rudd goes on Conan O'Brien's show and is asked to play a clip, he plays a clip from Mac and Me where a kid in a wheelchair falls down a falls down a cliff. <laughs> oh, that's and right. then it's really funny, and just seeing how Conan reacts to it each time is it's wonderful YouTube stuff. Look up Mac and Me Paul Rudd. Um, Mill Creek is releasing. Um, they're starting to do this a lot. Is the complete series of Happy Endings, which I heard is a really great sitcom 
that was only two seasons and it ended really fast. Um, I, I'm getting the Mill Creek's uh, community Blu-ray set, which I'm a little concerned about because sometimes Mill Creek doesn't put out the best stuff. But, but it's I'm, cheap. <laughs> but well, it's listed at a hundred, and right now on Amazon it's fifty bucks. Mm. So I'm hoping that they maybe put effort into it. We'll see. Um, Melissa McCarthy's Life of the Party is also coming out. I actually uh, want to see that one. It's it, it, it it's not like the, the book. Bo- she goes back to college. Yeah, because I like movies like that. You know what I liked it more when it was called Back, back to, to School. school. Starring Robert Downey Jr. But like sincerely, like I love those movies where, like where old people are like, I'm going back to college. <laughs> so like a goofy movie too? <laughs> yes. Oh, are you kidding? An extremely goofy movie has a wonderful disco Which scene. is a Disney Movie Club exclusive if you want to get it. Not not Blu-ray. Yeah. It can't uh, even do the first one either. <laughs> Riverdale is also coming out. I think it's going to be the second season. Cool. Check that show out. It's it's a lot better than you might think it is. Uh, yeah, you did the uh, panel with AJ Dude. Kappa. Ka- or KJ Appa, yeah. AJ, I can't even remember the guy's name anymore. Oh, I think there's the still book. I finally see it. That's eh, all right. I think the actual other ones are cooler. Uh, so the the 4K for the standard release of it is like this red moon kind of looking thing, and all the different predators standing in front of it. Mm-hmm. So it's badass. The still book looks like pop art. Nice. Um, let me just make sure I'm not missing anything. Talk so much yourselves, Corinne. Is that a spider on the wall? Yes, I'm. I've been breeding him in hopes that one day he'll bite. Uh, Ryan. I get. I get first bite. Because uh, you see, if he bites on biting, if the spider bites Ryan and he becomes Spider Man, then I can grow a mustache and get gray hair, and I can wear suspenders, and I can yell at Ryan and yes. go, Parker. <laughs> I have dreams, Corinne. They'll never get fulfilled. I love this. It's probably just a spider. <laughs> great meme where it's like. Uh, <laughs> What is it? Uh, <laughs> what do I want? <laughs> Pictures of what? Spider-Man. And it's really funny. <laughs> and someone put a funny meme out today where it's the, uh, have you seen the new Venom trailer? No, so, I still haven't, though. So there's a part in it where Eddie Brock, like, removes the Venom part. Uh-huh. And I don't care what he says. And But someone put a meme where uh, this Venom's hand goes on this dude's shoulder and it's Tobey Maguire. And he's like, what do you want? And then it takes it past Mr. Uh, Dickovich, and it's like, rent. <laughs> it's, that's pretty funny. That, that's um, my favorite Black Panther meme from the Avengers Infinity War trailer. Like, get this man his rent. <laughs> um, yes, but, yeah, um, yes. I'm not seeing anything else. But, like, on the Blu-ray film of Screen Factory, like, Screen Factory, like, and Shout announced a bunch of stuff. They're putting the jerk out on Shout Select. I'm excited. Are they? Oh, yeah. And, and Carl Reiner and Steve Martin apparently did some new special features yeah, for it. It should be fun. Their Shout Select stuff is great. Oh, yeah. And they're doing Legally Blonde 1 and 2, so my sister will have something to finally own that's Shout-related. <laughs> she loves those movies. Yes. The first one's good. second one's meh. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I enjoyed that first I, one enough because it was a family watch. you have seen the first one? No, I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, I thought you said you hadn't seen no, it. No, I remember Reese Witherspoon has a really pointy chin. That's what I remember from it. <laughs> I, it's a joke it, it, no one else gets it my uh mother-in-law that's all she ever says when you bring up reese witherspoon she says why, why is her chin so pointy? i just thought you were referring to that family guy joke when they use her chin oh, to open do. a safe <laughs> that's why it's like it, you, is seth mcfarland paying you <laughs> i love seth mcfarland i do too um very mil- talented if you should, you should get his jazz albums pretty yeah, good yeah and a million ways to die in the west not as bad as you think no funny yeah i'll watch it um so anyway, again, that Laura. <laughs> yeah, that's it for Blu-rays. This is what we've been watching this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I always pet. I, I don't know if I've ever explained why I always do this when I say what we've been watching. So, 
a long time ago when Conan O'Brien was on the Late Late Show with Conan O'Brien, I used to record them all because I was in school. Mm-hmm. And I'd go back and he used to have a segment called Guests Will Never Have Back. And he used to have this graphic that was kind of like an oval that went across the stage and he'd always pet it. And Guests Will Never Have Back. Oh, that's right. He, yeah. One of my favorites was um, they had a guy who designed erotic cakes. And so these aren't real. They're just gets and so he's like so the guy says look at this one and it's all blurred out he says well we can't show that one he says i also have this one called ass cake <laughs> and he, he pulls it out and it's this beautiful cake and conan sticks his finger in it the frosting is like why do they call it ass cake and he's like because it's, like, it tastes like ass <laughs> funny oh stuff god yeah. incidentally simpsons uh, conan incidentally with conan uh ryan if you haven't looked it up look up the ghost that haunts their studio that sings terrible old-timey radio tunes <laughs> love it Scrabbity do. <laughs> uh, it has guests like Barney Brittlebones. <laughs> so when he shakes his hand, all his hand bones in his hand are so I, dumb. I, I mean, I, I enjoy I Howard it. Stern's like like back broadcast, but I enjoy Conan's characters more than I oh, do yeah. Howard Stern's yeah. characters. Conan's, in terms of who creates characters, Conan's goofy. Like his that's where there's a mid nineties to about early two thousands because he wasn't that popular. He could just kind of do whatever he was just he goofy. Want. Yeah, he didn't really have a limit. But anyway, yeah. What'd you watch this week? So I wanted to talk about a couple of the things I've been watching since I was on the show last. Cool. Three weeks ago. Um, Me too. Yeah. So when I was on last time, Brad and Zach were telling me that they were half off Criterion at Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to Barnes and Hell Noble yeah. like it was 2003. And Did you eventually find one? I found things, but I didn't find any Criterion I like. I guess... I didn't really know what Criterion was. I thought it was like, oh, here are all these cool old movies that are being preserved for posterity. And it's like half I of them. I think I saw one Audrey Hepburn movie, and then there was like ten Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. And I have no opinion of Wes the, Anderson because I've never seen his stuff. There's also, uh, you, you know, mean, Armageddon and The Rock. So, I mean. They haven't put those on Blu-ray to be No, fair. they haven't. But they also lie when it's like, oh, we're, you know, this is about preserving quality films. Armageddon, mm, debatable. Well, they yeah. were starting at the time. <laughs> That's all right. So, and then there were a lot of like weird foreign things. But yep. I did find their AFI Top 100 section, mm-hmm. and I got a Blu-ray of Casablanca because, yes. of course, mm-hmm. it was movie like, is amazing. Bucks. Oh, still totally worth it. Is, um, is it as cool as my seventy-five dollar one that's sitting on the shelf? No, nope. it's <laughs> probably not. But you still watch the movie, and yeah? You get the same enjoyment out of it. Well, I haven't watched it oh, yet. Oh, okay. Oh, but it's beautiful on other, Blu-ray. The other thing that I got that I did watch was North by Northwest on DVD for like oh, Cary Grant? five bucks. Hot damn. That um, I had never seen. Oh. And I had heard about it because I remember I went to Mount Rushmore with my mom and she was mm. like, oh, yeah, you know, North by Northwest. And I'm like, never <laughs> saw it, mom. Whose fault is that? Still, <laughs> still an effective spy thriller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, I had two problems with it. One was the ending like that weird ass transition of like there's so much tension uh spoilers for a 65 year old movie (laughs) (laughs) like it's like is he gonna help her get off like how are they gonna get off mount rushmore and then nope we're back to the bed in the train car and he's helping her up onto the bed and he's like come here mrs whatever their last name is and and then it was like, boom, movie over. Just like, imagine Hitchcock looking down on heaven going, stop mocking my movie, young lady. <laughs> oh, I will mock as much as I want to. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. Good evening. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess. It's a great movie. Because I was watching it with a friend and she had fallen asleep. She was 
shit that day. <coughs> but I was, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, how much is left in this movie? Because, like, mm-hmm. it was the scene where he goes to the house before mm-hmm. he yeah. climbs the balcony and all that. And I'm like, okay, so we've got, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes left. And I look, and it's, like, 8 to 10 minutes. Old. What the hell? Let's how are we going to wrap this up in 10 minutes? Pacing is a lot different back then. Yeah. yeah. It was really weird. So I really liked it, though, like, especially the first third where it was kind of, like, the, the lady vanishes where it's this kind yeah. of conspiracy theory of, like, that's a great you know, cartoon. Am I, mm-hmm. am I um, you know, am I making this up? Like, I know what I, I know what happened, but nobody believes me and all this kind of like weird paranoia sort of thing. Um, and then the other problem I had with it, and this is just me, but criminal underuse of James Mason. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's only in three scenes. Yes, I agree. You don't get <laughs> the man in Hollywood who has the sexiest voice of all time to only be in your movie for three scenes. It's true. I really do have the sexiest voice. Nope. No. <laughs> James Mason. That isn't even close to James Mason. I was in Salem's Lot. No. Yeah, you're right. This is bad. Yeah, it has on. to be deeper. It has to be like... <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, it has to want people to listen to it, not repulse them. <laughs> oh, that's true. So, overall, good movie. I love Cary Grant. Oh, and my God. I've been on such a kick with him. I'll talk about it later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, he's great. Yeah. So, something else I was watching that I was referencing earlier, um, The Good Place, again. Good Place is great. Yeah, I got season one on DVD. I rented it from the library because I wanted to see the extended edition. Heck, yeah. Because there's only, like two extra scenes per episode and it's just like little little things that they cut out to you know just for time i used to um have all the friends on dvd mm-hmm. and they would have extended episodes and when i got it on blu-ray i just got rid of all my dvds because it looks way better but then they cut it back the aired episodes i'm like oh man i'm missing some jokes but it's worth the yeah. trade-off because yeah. it comes in like a really nice book and, and it does have audio commentary from mike sure one of the other i executives. love mike sure producers and two of the cast members on the first two episodes and the last two episodes of the season and so i'm on the wait list to get season two i should be getting it here a couple days cool nice um so something else that i'm really sad james isn't here to talk about with me Uh, i went to ghibli fest and i saw princess mononoke nice and i had seen it before but it had been a while and yeah. I, I think I like watched it on my phone. So seeing it on the big screen was incredible. And oh, the the animation in those films is uh, is breathtaking. Yeah, it that it's such a good movie. And really, I really wish James was here because I know he would probably want to fight me on this. I've said before on here that Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite Miyazaki movie that I've seen, and I've only seen like six of them, but. I think I'm gonna have to change it to Princess Mononoke oh. because I rewatched both. Because after I got out of Princess Mononoke, I'm like, this movie is so fucking good. I need to, <laughs> I need to own it. Ryan would be proud of me. I bought it on Blu-ray. Yes. It's like one of yes. six Blu-rays I own. I am I'm, very I'm, proud of you. I'm working on it. And then I also, when I was like buying it on Amazon, it popped up of like, here you could also buy House Moving Castle mm-hmm. and Spirited Away. And I was like. I'll own Howl's Moving Castle. I haven't seen Spirited Away in a while, so I was like, I'll hold off on that one. But I got them both, and I rewatched Howl's Moving Castle also this week. And it's still such a great movie, and I still love it a ton. Um, I think, honestly, I watched it in the Japanese with the English mm-hmm. subtitles, 
And I think that the English voice actors actually do a better job than the Japanese ones. Well, I will say this about the Miyazaki films is they get really great actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I've only seen a few of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, The Wind Rises for Emily Blunt. But also, uh, I mean, I ordered it and I'm still saying on my thing. I really want to watch uh, Porco Rosso. I don't know why. Because so you like pigs in trench coats. Yeah, I don't know. It looks funny to me. And it's Michael Keaton. So, you know. Yeah. And I think that is maybe one of the things about Princess Mononoke that I feel could have been a little bit better because some of the voice actors are kind of eh. um billy bob thornton is the one that really stands out to me mm. i don't think he does i mean he's okay he doesn't do bad but it's just like i think anybody else in that role probably could have sure. done better um i think Minnie driver actually does a great job um she's a she is know. a really good voiceover actress anyways mm-hmm. she does a lot yeah i don't and then claire danes is pretty good i don't yeah. remember who does ashitaka but whoever he is he's kind of like flat at the beginning of the movie and i was like really like oh come on we've got to go find the fire demon or whatever he says but then as the movie went on it got better or i got more used to it or something but yeah i think the uh the voice cast for howl's moving castle i'm getting them confused um howl's moving castle is great because when i watched it in the japanese version i missed um her name is jean simmons she's a woman um she's the one who does the voice for old sophie you guys have seen house moving castle right yeah but it's been a while um she does the voice for old sophie and she she just steals the show for me i think that's one of the reasons i love it so much Mm -hmm. she just like it's funny to hear like a 80 year old woman say stuff like you know when you get old all you want to do is sit and look at the scenery (laughs) (laughs) it's like you are old like (laughs) Anyway, it's it's uh, yeah, it's great, and I think Christian Bale does a fantastic job oh, he's a as great a, a howl. Because when I watched it in the Japanese, I was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I miss Christian Bale, I miss, and of course, that's the role where we got the Batman voice. Because yeah. you guys remember the scene where she like finds him, and he's like the big bird and like the little like cave in the castle. Yeah, and he's like, what are you here? <laughs> I get, yeah, I, answer me. Yeah, I can't, Love I can't it. do the I, Batman voice. But. I guess that is where he got it. Like that, that's strange. Like, yeah, I, like, I, like I said, I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle in a long time. So, um, and on Blu-ray, Chris, I got a great idea. Check this out. How does this sound for Batman? <laughs> that's maybe your it most impressive. More, uh, with a little bit more oomph. Mm. You kind of sound like you're just whispering. I'm also very tired, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway. So, James, when you listen to this, here's my reasoning on why I would probably put Princess Mononoke as my favorite Miyazaki movie over Howl's Moving Castle now is twofold. One, rewatching the animation on Blu-ray. I can see, like, frames where like, the people like, are far I really away, appreciate the Blu-ray. And mm-hmm. they're kind of, like, not very, like, not drawn very well because they're, they're, like, they're little tiny and they're, like... Mm-hmm. And you always see is there like your eyes and it's it's very strange and it's like it wouldn't be so so bad except they linger on the shot too long mm-hmm. and so then you just that's all you see is just weird little faces or something were Ghibli uh, were Ghibli ones that they remastered on um, when, yeah. when Shout Probably. took them over okay yeah well they yeah oh. no because they just took the Disney ones and oh. then repackaged them with like uh, another new like one special feature I guess that's true and Disney does a good job of yeah. keeping that stuff unlocked mm-hmm. so Okay. But then, I mean, really, it comes down to I like the story for Howl's Moving Castle better. Like, that's, like, the kind of story I like. But I think Princess Mononoke does a better job of telling its story. Mm -hmm. Because I think, 
just rewatching it. Howl's Moving Castle, because it's an adaptation from a book, there are a lot of things that would probably be explained in the book that they don't really explain in the movie. And, like, you maybe kind of get hints, but unless you look it up of, like, well, why does Sophie keep, you know, she looks old sometimes and young other times and, you know, what's up with you know, she, time traveling? And there's a lot of, like, weird things going on, and they don't explain it all. And, you know, I don't want to be spoon-fed everything, but I would at least yeah. have some little hints of why is yeah. it, why is this this or so james can come and fight me but fight 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 <laughs> i think i'm i'm gonna change it i think princess mononoke is my favorite it's all right Saki. or they're tied whatever i don't care whatever mood you're in whatever mood i'm in <laughs> yeah perfect but both are great movies and you should go absolutely watch them. um i also went and saw mama mia 2 here we go again uh, I saw you know what song I, of, you just couldn't let it go <laughs> could you no you know a song of theirs gets stuck in my head all the time is Fernando. Really? Yeah. That's a good one. That is in the movie. Is it really? Yep. Oh, my God. ABBA. I like Take a Chance on Me because I remember from the Get Smart movie with Steve yeah. Crow walking down that's, the street with it. That's, I think That's not in that movie. I think oh, you can say not. that about almost any ABBA song that you get stuck in your head. Oh, yeah. I had Super Troopers stuck in my head for like a full day. I think it like I woke up the next morning and I was like super super stuck. <laughs> but how is here we go again? What how did they boom, handle boom, the whole Meryl Streep boom, thing? Boom, 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 she, did. she did? She did. Oh god, they killed Meryl Streep. I do love Lily Collins though. Oh, she's Lily uh, no, James. James, there we go. Lily James. She does a great job. Does I think she? honestly the better parts of the movie are when she's in it. Because she's awesome. And yeah, then she does a really good job. She's great for prejudice and zombies. And yeah, then Cher is. is Meryl Streep's mother? Correct. How does this work? Um, need to know. She gave birth to Meryl Streep at some point. <laughs> I, I want to see that. I question the validity. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so sincere with that. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just gives birth to like a fully formed Meryl Streep. <laughs> um, wait a minute. I'm your daughter. If I could turn back time. <laughs> no. Um, Violet. <laughs> Violet. I mean, I liked it better than the first one a little bit. It's still pretty much in the same vein. So it's like if you saw the first one, you hated it. You'll probably hate the second one. But it's, if you it, have like a kind of like passing indifference toward it, you'll probably have a passing indifference toward <laughs> this one. I mean, it's a jukebox musical. Like it's yeah. not meant to like elevate you up and above, really. No, I mean it's it. I think. Is it think, fun? I. Mm, the first half is maybe like kind of like okay, let's just kind of move this along. But I think the second half is a lot better, um, and the the final number is like awesome. I was just like smiling, walking, around <laughs> just like all the energy. And and like, like, do the, they trick me into liking this movie? <laughs> just the different like interactions with the characters, even though they're not saying anything to each other, they're singing the song. Hmm. But it's just it's very funny. Cool. Um, I think they kind of learned their lesson on some of like who should sing, who shouldn't sing because Pierce Brosnan doesn't really sing in this movie <laughs> or if he does, he's singing like with everybody else. Um, Amanda Seafried mm-hmm. and Lily James do the majority of the singing. They both can sing really well. Cher sings one song by herself. Cause that's all they could afford. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think so some of the like, does Stellar Skateboard sing? I don't know. Stellan oh, Skarsgård. <laughs> no. He does, n- none of the dads like sing except in a group Thanks. ensemble kind of thing. 
I want them to start a barber. And, and it's the only song in it that wasn't an ABBA song. It was Summer Lovin'. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you had a blast with that joke, <laughs> yes. didn't you? I did. It I, pic- so I just fast. picture all the old guys just going, ba-doom, ba-doom. <laughs> But I think it, it still kind of has the, the same heart in it that the first one did of kind of like the mother-daughter relationship. And even though Meryl Streep's character is dead. Isn't she in the movie, though? She Meryl is. Streep? Yeah, she is. They show her die? No. Oh. <laughs> She's thwarting terrorists. I was hoping <laughs> she was doing like a cliff dive and it's like Fernando and just she forgot to time the tide correctly. It's a slow motion. Like That's why Hans, I'm not allowed to have movies. It's slow motion like when Hans Gruber falls off yeah. Tony Plaza. Fernando! <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, in this scene, uh, Miss Streep, we're going to have you cliff dive to your death. <laughs> <laughs> grabbing, for, grabbing for something in the air. Um, it's There's some, some good parts to it. Nice. But overall, kind of... Yeah. If I had Movie Pass, it'd probably be a movie I use Movie Pass for. If, yeah. if I had millions of dollars, I'd remake Mamma Mia 2 the way Ryan and I wanted to do it. With Meryl Streep dying. Yeah. See, you want a, fri- a new Friday movie. I want this for some reason. <laughs> um, cool. Right on. Okay. I think I'm good. That's it? Yep. Zach? A um, couple things. Um, what real- documentaries you watch this week? None. But um, real quick, though. Um, Bullshit. Next Clint <laughs> Eastward article is going to be coming up um, nice. later in the week. Um, I tackle four films um, uh, in it. Um, the one I wanted to talk about, though, on the show was the um, Iger Sanction, um, which is a Clint Eastwood mountain climbing movie from the 70s. And nice. it's one of the earliest films he directed. I love Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so this film... You know, I'm up on a mountain climbing, and there's like these terrorists or something, you know? God damn it, they put the Stallone filter on again. And at the beginning of the movie, I try to save my wife, you know, and she falls off the cliff! Shut up, Sly! <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so this film seems to think it's a mixture between that episode of The Simpsons where Homer climbs the tallest mountain in movie, Springfield mixed with a James Bond movie. So in the movie, he sold me. In the movie, Clint Eastwood is a professional assassin who's now retired and is a professor who uh, refuses the sexual advances of his students. By the way, guys, because he don't play that way, mm. but he still will smack her ass and tell her to get out of there and study. Um, anyway, like literally smack her ass. Yes, there's. I a, thought he meant like smack her ass, like get and study, whap. No, but no, yeah, like, yeah, it, there's a there's a full on insert shot of her him her him going mm. smack and going get to study. <laughs> Um, but uh, now so, I don't want to see this movie anymore. He, yeah, trust me, it gets worse. He's pulled out of retirement for this um, uh, Today's sh- retirement. shadow government organization to take out a group of people who murdered his friend in um, uh, a European country. I think it was Berlin or something. Germany. That's not. It's not important because. <laughs> so and he gets roped into this partially because he. Uh, meets a young a young African American woman on the street and takes her out on a date and then they go back to his house and make love, but the whole time Clint Eastwood can't help but observe that he's about to have sex with a, with an African American woman and it gets awkward fast, <laughs> like it it's it's incredibly dated and I love black exploitation movies but this one just felt weird watching it that that week for some reason, um and then though it goes into more fun territory because we get George Kennedy from uh, Cool Hand Luke playing his friend. The naked gun. Playing his friend who trains him 
to uh, get him back into shape to climb the mountain because he's had a history with climbing mountains, guys. Um, so he trains and um, he gets motivation from a female trainer who set, who basically flashes um, him while she's up on a high cliff so that he has the motivation to climb up the cliff so he can see the boobs up close. Again, it's the 70s and this was Clinton in the 70s. Um, so he gets trained for this big mountain climbing expedition up Mount I- or out, up Iger, which is basically like one of the higher peaks in that um, Swiss Alps area. Um, and then over time, like he he slowly figures out who the killer who the killer probably isn't that he has to take that he has to take out. And then the twist is I don't actually want to spoil it because I think you might enjoy watching this film despite all the bad things I'm saying about <laughs> it because George Kennedy is fun to watch in it too. I like George Kennedy. Um, but uh, and Clint's good too. And the one admirable thing that I love about this film outside of how who he cast and everyone doing a great job uh, is uh, the mountain climbing scenes are beautifully shot. Um, this is kind of like this is the 70s, so it's not like necessarily like the safest thing to do. Like, the precautions probably weren't up to what they are today if, say, Nolan wanted to go do it for Inception. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Like, if he had an IMAX camera, I'm sure he would have shot those sequences in IMAX. Um, no different than what he did with Sully. So, um, but yeah, Iger Sanction. I'll go a little more in my review and be a little bit more tactful about how I discuss this. But, like, yeah, this, this movie is incredibly out of date and tone deaf. But... It's worth watching if you Sometimes can. the charm of them over outweighs that stuff. See, you normally they do. That's why Dirty Harry still works in my mind. But this one has a tougher time than Dirty mm-hmm. Harry does. Um, so, but anyway, you can check out review of that. And also, uh, uh, In the Line of Fire. Um, I like then, that movie. I, I do too. And then also, there'll be um, the recent reviews of Sully and uh, 1517 like to Paris. Too. Yeah. Um, that that's an interesting part of the article, but I'll I'll send it to you when it's done. Um, on the regular watching front, after we were done on uh, uh, recording last week, though, I rewatched Halloween on Blu-ray because uh, I wanted to, and I still fucking love that movie. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Donald Pleasance is a genius. John Carpenter's a genius. Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing and a genius. I'm afraid it was. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was. Boogie man. Um. But yeah, um, and actually, I liked watching it um, kind of like with. I tried it with the mono track um, and not just the true HD one, and mm-hmm. I actually liked it because it kind of reminded me of how I used to listen to it on like this Magnavox tube TV that I had when I had to put it in the DVD player because it didn't have any stereo or anything, so it was always on that singular mono track. It was before they remastered it in HD, so it was pretty cool. Um, and so I kind of got into a John Carpenter kick after that, and. Part of this was also motivated by the fact that I had an issue ordering my In the Mouth of Madness Blu-ray because Amazon, I had a pre-order on it, and then Amazon said it was out of stock, and I was like, oh, well, that sucks. Then I'll just get it off a shout or something because I'm not going to wait. And then they brought it back up and charged 34 bucks for it, and they said, well, then I'm definitely not going to do it. No. And then, like, a couple days went by, and they dropped it down to 21 which I was like, okay, now that, now we understand each other, Amazon. <laughs> Um, so, but I rewatched Prince of Darkness instead while I was waiting for this, uh, and I love that movie. I, yeah. I I I put it on my eighty-seven uh, film explosion list. Um, I might have put it higher if I had rewatched it right before that list because I actually enjoy how intelligent that film uh, attempts to be in places. Because um, it, it's it's at the end of the day you're trying to mix quantum physics and the quantum the quantum. 
you're trying to mix science with religion and it's hard like in a horror film because you really want to focus on the thing that would like scare you out of your pants but there's intelligent discussions about how science and religion somewhat collide via mathematics and just the way everything plays out in that film um and donald pleasance is really good at victor wong from big trouble little china is in it too and he's amazing uh also dennis dunn who plays um jang from um big trouble um but yeah, it's a it's a fun film, and Alice Cooper plays a homeless zombie in it that that's under control by the devil or the devil's um, avatar precursor or whatnot. Um, it but it's a very interesting film. Um, so then I also rewatched um, The Fog, um, which is an early Scream Factory one. Um, I had more appreciation for that film rewatching it than I did. Like I always loved it, but like I really really liked it this time. Yeah, I'm not a big like, fan. Is it, it anything like The Mist? No, no. No, no, no. This is about killer pirates in fog that come to shore to kill people. The reason why I think I appreciated it more this time around is because it got to something that I was trying to think of if it still existed, which is like a cheesy yet still effective ghost story. And I think that's what that film ends up being. Like that John Houseman thing at the beginning where he's like, five minutes to midnight, five minutes to 12, time for one more story. And he just then he tells the story of Antonio Bay, and I love the way it's shot. I love the way it starts off with that stopwatch, and then he or the 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 timepiece, and then he closes it, and then he starts telling the story to the kids, and then it lifts up into that over the hill shot of Antonio Bay, and it's blue and black, and then you get the credits. I, I it did it worked for me. I, I turned off the lights everywhere and in, in where we're recording right now and watched it, and it was awesome. Um, and then I um rewatched Christine uh which I had not seen since high school um and first of all the the blu-ray they're putting out right now um at Best Buy it's only 10 bucks it's the same version as the Twilight Time release cuz it's the same restoration and the same special features so if you didn't get that Twilight Time version it's pretty much just there it just doesn't have the Twilight Time label on it um so so but anyway um rewatching Christine um it's definitely not the best Carpenter movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if you don't know the story, it's a Stephen King story about a killer car and how it also drives, drives the owner mad. Um, Are you or afraid turn- to drive now? <laughs> I was always afraid to drive. Now I feel more compelled to do it because maybe I'll fall in love with my car like Keith, uh, like Keith Gordon does. Yes. Um, yeah, because if you don't know, the car also turns Keith Gordon into an in- incredible jerk. <laughs> Uh, a terrible person. It's a really weird movie. Yeah. I will say, though, it, it's not so much a great horror movie as it is. It's just a fun, like, concept and seeing how it's executed. Because, like, the way they do the restoration of the car when he, like, when then the car fixes itself is really cool because it's that practical effects. And they use, like, like hydraulics to kind of reshape it and whatnot. And there's a special feature on the disc that talks about that and it was actually a pickup because they weren't actually going to show it initially but then john carpenter was like no we, we should probably get that and then they redid it um and also just the way they in a lot of shots the christine hunting down people thing works but in others it doesn't because then it looks clearly like they had to black out the windows to show that no one's driving that car um but um you know i i like it enough but it's not I think there's a reason I haven't rewatched it in as long a time as I have. Um, so, but no reason to not go check it out. It's only 10 bucks at Best Buy. So you can't go wrong there for a really nice transfer. Eh, 
I'll wait till Herbie gets murderous comes out. <laughs> oh my god. Me me. Can 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 Universal like sub license the rights to Herbie? Herbie <laughs> Herbie deadly loaded. <laughs> um and then yeah, I think that's all I watched this week. All right, buckle up, Bonehead. You're going for a ride. Uh, I've I've been missing for a little uh, Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, I've been missing for a little you bit. Get it? You like Campbell? <laughs> um, I did watch a documentary a couple weeks ago called "To Helen Back." It's the Kane Hodder story. Oh, um, Kane Hodder plays Jason in four films. He's also he's basically a horror icon, great stunt guy, um, and it talks about his journey um, through Hollywood and how he really wanted to be a Hollywood stuntman. And his uh, near-death experience for being doing a stunt where he got lit on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually show footage from that. Um, it's pretty bad. You think he had third-degree burns on, like, 50% of his body? Yeah. And it talks with his doctor, and um, so it's it's okay. Um, so do you want to become a stuntman now? <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, but he, he, his passion is really cool, mm-hmm. and how much he uh, loves what he does is kind of fun. Um, it it reminded me a lot. They had a lot of shots. That's my problem with like the Cary Grant documentary. Mm-hmm. Is it's oh here's a shot of him like looking over and over again. Like yeah, like looking. Oh, I'm looking in the distance, and I'm telling a sad story. It's artistic. Flourish. But he uh, there is a real, <laughs> My favorite part of the documentary actually is uh, when he talks about how he was bullied as a kid mm-hmm. and how he overcame it. Um, it's a, it's a really interesting story. So I you're a man, so you're not allowed yes. to cry. But did you get close to breaking your man rule? No, I did not cry at oh. this one. I heard it was very emotional. It can be, yeah. Yeah, I didn't cry. Okay, uh, but I mean, it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, story, and um, he, he tells it really well. Is, so, and is Dread Central that put it out? I don't know. I got it on um, Xfinity. It's I think it's four dollars right now. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to. Or maybe pick it's it up bloody disgusting. It. Did it? I don't remember. Well, it might be that, but anyway, yeah, I've been meaning to pick you it up. Check it out. I mean, it's four bucks. It's worth four dollars if you're interested in, you know. Shoot, what I'd, he has want, to say. I'd want a Blu-ray of it because it'd be good for historical purposes alone to have that yeah. story. So. Um, I, I also saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, <laughs> which. What did you think? Uh, it's a really fun movie. I, I think it's a nice uh, cleanser after Infinity War because you know after I saw Infinity War in theaters, there's this weird like funk in the theater where you know everyone's dead. And everyone's, oh, man, Thanos wins, even though you kind of knew it was coming. Um, but it's still shocking. And this one was just a fun movie. Um, it's fun seeing Paul Rudd. I-, I love Paul Rudd, and he never ages. And he's funny. And it's and, witchcraft. And, yeah. Like Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like Tom Cruise. They're all witches. I keep telling together. you guys this. Yeah, it's, so it was, it was a really fun movie. Um, it, I think it's a little better than the first Ant Man. Um, I don't think it's in like Marvel's best movies, but it's it's a pretty fun movie, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's what I think what it needs to be. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the Louise stuff in the second one even more than I did oh, yeah. the first one. Which oh is yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, that stuff was pretty great. Yeah, um, or Louise's stories, I I just like them. <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah, I, I guess my only, I think the stuff in the quantum realm was kind of a letdown. Uh, but I, I mean, I think the fights are really fun. Uh, the characters are fun and yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, it, it's, it reminds me of the first Ant-Man where it's a good movie, but it's not like in, in infinity war or it, homecoming to me. And it, and it does end on a very positive note, unless you stayed for the end credits. 
<laughs> which yes. is, it reminds you, oh, yeah, oh, no, shit that, happened it got, it four got, months ago. Yeah, it got pretty hardcore there. Yeah. Um, I also rewatched Game Night. I really love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty silly. Uh, no, and, this is me crying at the end of the cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty great. Um, so it's it's always fun to revisit movies that I think maybe didn't get a lot of play. Um mm. I wish earlier in the year. I wish they had done a 4K of it, but yeah, it's not necessary. I don't think. Mm. Um, I watched. Uh, this is a 4K that surprised me. I watched Starship Troopers in 4K, Ooh. and it's the transfer is amazing. Um, you know, the the problem that you run into from films from 1997 that have a lot of CGI in it is that when the 4K, uh, I guess, makes it brighter, um, you can see a lot of the efficiencies in it. But the movie's still pretty fun. Um, it's not my favorite Verhoeven movie. But well, pretty pretty close. I mean, because it's goofy and it's way <laughs> over the top. And... It knows exactly what it is. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no there's no hiding what that film is. It's just I remember, we're fighting bugs. I remember that poster all around theater lobbies when I was a kid, and I I, I don't know why I was never really interested in it. But when I finally saw it at, at an, when I grew up, I was like, "This is awesome." Why wasn't I yeah, interested in this? It's an interesting film. Yeah, uh, I I watched uh, The Greatest Showman in 4K. Mm. Um, the movie's fun. Uh, but until you look up the history, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, although I'm willing to let that go because I, 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 pretty much you you expect them to pull that fanciful like eh, yeah whatever. Uh, yeah, I. The film is good. I mean, Man. it's it's not it's not. I liked I loved La La Land way more. Um, <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but I, I can see where it connected with audiences because I the, I mean the sh- the songs are pretty catchy. This is me is really good. Uh, and it's really bombastic, and it's really colorful, and it looks great in 4K. Hugh Jackman is always amazing. Uh, it's it's a if you take it for the entertainment and you don't read history, <laughs> it's fun. The you know? the opening two ish minutes where he's like right before he enters the tent, before he goes into his backstory, the way it's lit and the song they're singing and everything shot, I'm like, this is badass. I love the way this is shot. Like. That's how you do a vaudeville movie today. Like if you were going to do something about vaudeville, that's how yeah, you do it. Yeah. Um. And also the the song in the bar near the end is really cool. No, I. Yeah, I like. The, I actually like the song with him and Zac Efron, uh, trying to get Zac Efron to be part of the. That's a good one. Too. Yeah, it's the the way they shoot. Hugh Jackman's just an amazing actor and an amazing dancer, and he's really good at moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I think he's so great as Wolverine. I mean, he's really good at moving, and it. It's a fun movie. I, I mean, again, it's the story of P.T. Barnum and his show. And his greatest show. <laughs> I, I actually did go back and read, you know, because I was interested that uh, the girl that he f- discovered, she actually went on and performed a lot more shows. I think mm-hmm. she did 90 of them. And he made a lot of money from that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of flourishing. Yes, a lot. In this film. Yeah. But. Yeah, they're making a movie. So yeah, they did it in Gangs in New York too, and I like that film. So I watched the Nostalgia Critic review of the new Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. and he was comparing the like the numbers in Greatest Showman to the ones in Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. and he was saying how the ones in Showman are like much more dynamic, and the camera's moving, and you've got like you know people are dancing and shit, and there's acrobatics or something, and then it, at least in like the opening number of Beauty and the Beast, you know everybody's just kind of walking around. And there's not like a yeah. lot of flair or what do you call it when things are pizzazz, pizzazz, <laughs> pizza, razzle dazzle. The, the word will come to me. Mm. Ugh, I can't think of what it's called. Words in the movie Chicago spectacle. spectacle there you go. Solid a spectacle to it. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I think Beauty and the Beast is way better. Um, I think it's with Disney. They have a they they have to walk a fine line of like we don't want to push anything too new down your throat, but we also want to make it look different enough. Yeah. So um, and so I'll, I'll be uh shouting out some of my Cary Grants. I watched Notorious, which I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. It's a great film. In yep. um, it, Cary Grant plays kind of a hustler. Uh, I don't know how to best describe him. I, I guess a, a cheat. Like he's always gambling money. And uh, I generalize it as rapscallion. Yeah. And uh, his wife and is constantly thinking he's trying to kill her mm-hmm. and to get her money because she's really wealthy. And uh, every time she thinks that something he's going to do something kind of shady. It's like he didn't. He says, no, I just bought you these gifts with all the money I won at the horse track. What are you? And it's really shot really cool because Hitchcock does it in a really cool way where Cary Grant, you don't really trust him throughout the whole film. And then at the end, you're like, oh, it's Cary Grant. He's a good guy. Um, and I was, I was watched a making of it on, I think it's a Warner Archives. And they have a making of it. And they talked about how in the original story, Cary Grant's character does kill the wife at the end. Yeah. But they said, no, we can't have Cary Grant kill someone. So they kind of changed the ending, but they shot it really cool. And uh, basically, he tries to save her from falling out of the car instead of pushing her out of the car. He's like, you're nuts. Why would I throw you out of the car? <laughs> and they just drive off. <laughs> That's literally how it ends. Um, a lot like North, North by Northwest. It just ends. Look, um, Mr. Selznick, I think that if you see it right here, you'll see that this is a great way to end it because Mr. Grant is an asshole at the <laughs> yeah. end. And it's something that audiences never uh, seen. I love Cary Grant, though. Charade? Oh, yeah. I just, I, I, was, yeah, I was getting right to it. Charade. Um, I love Charade. Oh, yeah. Yay! I haven't seen it in so long. It's the best not Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget how much fun he is in that movie. And, um, you know, Hepburn and him, they're both, when you watch him on screen, you fall in love with both of them. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some, I mean, the chase through the, um, the train station at top is, I mean, it's pretty great. And even, uh, cause he's another one where he, he's kind of a shady guy. You're like, what does this dude's play? Mm-hmm. And he keeps on changing his name throughout it. And then, you know, she wants to, uh, who's she meeting at? The, what's his official title? It's like he's a, oh, um, dude. Yeah, like the U.S. Official, embassy, yeah. U.S. official guy, and like Walter Matthau is great in it. That's a great little turn. Um, but I, I love when uh, Audrey Hepburn wants to see um, the, like the U.S. consulate. I forget what he is. He's like maybe the mint guy with like money li- liaison or something. Yeah. yeah, and she opens the door and he's sitting in there and has a goofy look on his face. It's it's a great film. Yeah, it's one that moves really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's also implicated in murders and that and. Yeah, Charade is awesome. That's not Mar- a Hitchcock movie. No, it's... Um, it feels like one. The director of that guy, look this up, too. Um, I, d- I never remember. I just remember that it reminds me of a Hitchcock movie every time I see it. It's in public domain, too, so make sure you get the Criterion version because the Criterion is like a restoration of it. Oh, mm-hmm. so there is a Criterion There is it? a Criterion yeah. of it. Well, they didn't have that at Barnes & Noble. Which one did you go to? The one that's like down the street here. Oh, no, 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 no. So which one you need to go to? I'll tell you the right one to go to. Oh, okay. It's in Littleton. The Littleton Barnes & Noble okay. has a whole... Is like, that the one by the draft house? No. no. So um, by Southwest Plaza. Oh, okay. If you go there, they literally have... When I mean, you go in and take a right, their whole right wall is nothing but Criterion. So, they, so I got uh, Sullivan's Travels. I haven't watched it yet, but I got that one this last time. And, I mean, they have, like, His Girl Friday, The Philadelphia Story, like, all these great Cary Grant stuff. Um, Just the Cary Grant. Yeah, well. Well, no, they also have stuff. I mean, uh, The Science of the Lambs is great on. I was tempted to get that one. It, it's I was like, beautiful. Like, on 
Saving Private Ryan kind of movie where it's yeah. like, you don't watch it like every day. No. It says you. <laughs> um, but I also take chances. <laughs> I, did, no, I, did, I love Silence like, of the Lambs. hanging out in his basement right, <laughs> right. now. Right. Like, a little scary. I'm glad you're um, here, Ryan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, 1940 films. Mm-hmm. So I will take chances on Criterion's mm-hmm. um, if I hear good things. So right now I still need to watch My Darling Clementine, which is a John Ford kind of shootout of the OK Corral. And then I got um, Sullivan's Travels, which is in the AFI's top 100 films. I've never seen it. Don't know. I've never heard of it. Um, and uh, so I also got like Woman of the Year. There's Catherine Hepburn. Um, I love Woman of the Year. And so there's a lot of ones I'll take chances on for there. And they have a great, like if you like silent films, The Kid is a great criterion. Um, a lot are of, the uh, criterion still half off? Yeah, I think for a little bit. I think till the end of the week. Yeah, I'll say. look it up. I have, I have, I have the, an account. The Great Dictator Criterion is one of my favorite criteria. Oh, yeah. So that, That's they, great they, stuff. They, they pull all the stops out for that one. Also, there is one Grant film. I don't know if you were going to talk about it, but you did post about it. Arsenic and Old Lace should be uh, criteria. Yeah, I'm going to get to it. Okay, nice. <laughs> Still, still my thunder. Um, I, I also rewatched Scream Four again. I'm going back to my wife's. I don't watch things enough, and Scream Four is pretty fun. I forgot how cool the opening is, where it's like five different starts to the movie. Yeah, uh, it's pretty fun. I remember um, walking out satisfied. It's. I didn't remember. It's super violent. I don't remember it being as violent as it was when I watched it. It's interesting because, like, I don't not in a bad way. I love it. But I don't same. remember if Wes's uh, "My Soul to Take" film was before or after that one. But I like that film more than other people. It's not great. I think it's after. Yeah, it's not great, but it's like I like that he was trying to still do new things and not yeah. fall back on franchise. It's kind of fun seeing those characters again. I, I think Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers is great. Yeah. Um, um, Emma David Roberts, Arquette is great as Dewey. Emma Roberts is really good. I'm just not yeah. a big fan of the character. No. But I still like it works. her in it. It works. Um, uh, I watched Skyscraper, which is with Dwayne Johnson. How'd you like And it? it is so... It's a lot like Rampage, where it's, which I also watched this week. My little boy loved Rampage. Mm-hmm. But um, where it's totally stupid, but at the same time, I'm really entertained by it mm. because it's so dumb. Okay. And... I get it. Like it's, it, it's a movie about a super smart skyscraper. My biggest problem with it is that it took itself too seriously at times. In my opinion, even really, I ne- I even, never got it. It took itself seriously. No, at no. All. In terms of like how they're speaking to each other, like none of them kind of like. There's not really many cracked jokes in that movie that I remembered. What I remember mm, I is like really. him really being concerned about his kids, which is great. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It didn't do the same thing Rampage did for me. Like yeah. Rampage felt more fun. It's still a fun movie. Yeah. Whatever, I'll, I'll I'll get it. Cool. Because <laughs> I, I I like The Rock, oh, so yeah. I usually watch most of his stuff and own it. Um, so do you think The Rock is trending up, trending down? I think he's pretty consistent, actually. Steady plateau. Yeah, I don't. Um, Steady plateau. We call it the Cruise Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I I he's another one. I don't really think he puts out bad movies. I think other ones have uh, different varying forms of quality, but. They're watchable. What's They're like, watchable. What's like the best and the worst of the rocks. Movies? So I think the rundowns his best film. Um, it's a great movie. It's with uh, Sean William Scott. Uh, it's like maybe a second film, and the worst. Baywatch. Uh, I like Baywatch more than the Tooth Fairy. Maybe the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> maybe the Tooth Fairy. Uh, you know what? I'll... Doom is okay. Um, but that one's like I rewatched 
Get Smart a couple weeks ago, and oh, he's great in Get Smart. How good that's that the movie is, and how good he is in that movie. Oh yeah. See, I didn't see the rundown until after Get Smart, but Get Smart's the movie that convinced me that this guy could. Yeah. Do so a I'd probably job. say the rundown and the Tooth Fairy. I would say um, Scorpion King may be also a contender for down, but he's not the. But that's prob- his. That's his first movie though, yeah, and, and it's it, not a bad movie yeah, and either. He's not the problem with the movie. <laughs> no, the movie's the problem. It's with a watered down Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, it's it's all right. Like I again I. Yeah, I'll have to really think about that now that I think about uh, what his worst one is. I smell another series of articles coming. <laughs> yeah, well, i got to finish my other ones. Uh, I also watched uh, Hotel Transylvania 3. You call it Solid as a Rock. Oh, shit. Shut, Why are you giving me more stuff to do? Shut it down. We're done. Um, uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, which I'm a really big fan of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, too, the animation is a lot more goofy. And uh, I think more the Dracula cartoon. character is pretty goofy in it. More cartoony. L- yeah. much more poppy and a little, a little bit- more like his Samurai Jack stuff. Yes. Um, but again, these movies are pretty fun. I actually laugh at them and my little guy loves it because Dracula farts in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's this great there's this great scene with him where he Dracula is trying to get dates and Mavis comes up to, you know, it's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm cleaning. I'm just going around here. Cleaning. And it's manic and it's awesome. And uh, I love the, I, I love those I, movies. I love the woman on the other end of the app who's just like yelling through the phone like cats. You want cats? <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of them, and I oh, don't plan on it. The, fir- the first one's awesome. I was gonna ask. So I know from the trailers that he's like falling in love with Mrs. Van Helsing or mm-hmm. something. Do they get together? They do. They do spoilers. Wow. Oh come on! Oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah. Does the I didn't see a trailer for the third one until so I, so I saw it clean. Mm-hmm. Did they show what Van Helsing, Grandpa Van Helsing, looked like in the trailer, or was that kind of left a secret? What do you mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I mean, Mel Brooks plays Dracula's dad, Vlad, and he's pretty funny in it because he was in, he was in the second one. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the second one's fun too. I mean, I think they're all pretty fun. Yeah. Um, when I saw Mel Brooks's name in the credits, I was the only one who applauded. I was like, <laughs> so how does Miss Van Helsing feel about her boyfriend or whatever being a vampire? Well, she she tries to kill him at the beginning because she's been lied to by her grandfather. I'm so surprised. Or at least trained to think a yeah, certain yes. way. Yes, and then um, Dracula's charm wins her over, and love conquers all. So yes. does she become a vampire? No, no, no. Because uh, so Mavis, uh, Dracula's daughter, is married to Andy okay. Sandberg's character, who's a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just kind of they're just like, hey, yo, monster, I'm a regular human being. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's fun. Like they're really fun. I, I would recommend watching them. I think they're on Netflix. I think they're they're pretty great. I have the first one on Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, I have them on Blu-ray because, you know, they might take them off Netflix. Probably not because Adam Sandler's, like, <laughs> Netflix guy, but... Steve Buscemi and Molly Shannon's wolf parent character yeah, are still my favorite. That's and fun. We were, we were drugged out and slept in the closet for three days. We're booking it for next <laughs> year's vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's they're fun movies. They're not going to be Toy Stories or anything, but if you want to just kind of escape <laughs> and watch goofy cartoons for, like, an hour and 20 minutes... Yeah, they move the, quick. Yeah, the Dracula stuff. Howl's Moving Castle again. Yeah, they can do that too. Um, uh, I rewatched the post. That post is great. If you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mission Impossible Fallout is one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies because I watching that film, I swear I kept on like inching forward because everything was just crazy and awesome and every scene set up to be bigger and you're like, how can it even get better? And it does like the bathroom fight. Oh my gosh. Everything about it was awesome. I, I love that movie. Reloading your arms is my new favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, um, also, yeah. that mustache was magical, and it was worth it. <laughs> I don't want 
don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess my thing with the movie is it did feel like it kind of dragged on for a ways mm-hmm. there at the end. Like, because, I mean, you had so many big action pieces, and then we get to, like, the whole helicopter chase. Which was awesome. Wh- I mean, it was good, but I just, if it had been shorter, I think it would have packed more of a punch for mm. me. And also, like, come on. I know they're going to save the world. I know there's not going <laughs> to, nukes not going to go off. But, I don't know. I think the end, the ending was kind of weird. How it just kind of tied up everything yeah. real fast. And the, just the film, though, went on some really cool ways where it, Ethan Hunt was picturing the worst possible outcome of everything he's doing. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. I thought was awesome. Room yeah. Was, yeah. That yeah. Was good. And the scene too, where, you know, he, they, they're doing the extraction and you think it's really happening and he's killing cops and, and that Ethan Hunt could actually be like the big bad guy. I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Um, My favorite moment is still when, uh, Henry Cavill's interrogating or talking to, um, uh, the guy they got—I can never remember his name—but he's the guy from Rogue Nation. And Shaw he, or something. Shaw, yeah. I, and I didn't see Rogue Nation. I just knew he was in it. But anyway, he's talking to him, and then it's revealed that he's actually talking to Peg. Yeah. Alec Baldwin comes up behind, uh, uh, get it gets him to fire his gun, only to reveal it's blank. And he's like, "Oh, you were doing so well up to now." Yeah. <laughs> no, the movie's awesome. It's one of my favorite movies of the year, and it's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a series that just keeps on going up. Yep. Um. Good for them. I would agree. And uh, I also watched Arsenic and Old Lace, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, Cary Grant in it, I his performance is all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And it's a super dark movie it, yeah, about old ladies who kill people and then bury them in the cellar. Yeah, it's not quite slapstick what he's doing. It's kind of it, slapstick, though. But, it, but, it, but I would say at the same time, though, like the darkness kind of – for me, it looms as like – yeah, this is this is the, oh yeah yeah those old ladies are killing people. <laughs> yeah, so the, the premise is is uh, Cary Grant marries this lady and she he takes them to see her aunts and they live across the street and he finds out that his aunts poison lonely old men because they're lonely mm-hmm. and his brother is also a murderer and changes his face constantly and everyone keeps on saying he looks like Boris Karloff because the play Boris Karloff was really the bad guy. Yep, <laughs> and uh, so there's this really great moment and Cary Grant keeps on running all over the place and he's like woo. Like all the t- oh, it's amazing. Um, there's a scene at the end where he's trying to get people not to go in the cellar because that's where the twelve bodies are buried, and he's talking to the cops and he's running up and down the stairs and everything he does is like spot on comedic wise. Um, I was even my little boy was playing while I was watching it and he's like, "What's so funny, Daddy?" I'm like, you can't I can't explain why it's so funny, but it's just everything he does is great and it's uh, Frank Capra, so it has a really cool feel to it. There's a couple scenes where they turn off all the lights and they're moving bodies into the basement. So the only light is coming from the basement. So you see the like silhouettes of like shadows and um, it's pretty amazing. And I, at the Barnes and Noble in um, Littleton, I got that there. So they have DVDs. I hardly ever get DVDs, but Cary Grant's movies, not all of them are on Blu-ray. Yeah. So I found two, four picture sets from uh, Turner classic movies. So Warner brothers. So eight movies and they were, um, nine ninety nine each. So I got both of them. Plus I got like another 10, 20% off on them. So I ended up paying like $22 for eight movies. Which is not bad. No, not at all. And the transfers are pretty good. I mean, there's a couple imperfections in it, but I can live with it. Cause that was just like when they restored those films initially, that was all, that was the technology. It was up to that point with restoration stuff. Yeah. Cause now it's definitely different, but those like, I still have, um, 
the the Errol Flynn stuff and some of the old Bogart stuff and the gangster collection there. Yeah. Those are remasters and they still look wonderful. Yeah, I mean, there's a little imperfections and it would look great on uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. But they're watchable, oh, which yeah. is Arsenic and a little lace always feels like a demented joke to me. By that's weird. That isn't on Blu-ray. Yeah, it should be. And but also just like I love that film, but I also am just like ah, if only Karloff could have been. in Yeah. Well, I was reading that he wasn't allowed to. No, it was because he was still on Broadway. He was still on Broadway, and also like even if even if that wasn't the case, I don't feel like they would have cast him anyway because yeah. they didn't even get Basil Rathbone for one of his Broadway performances in the movie version, like at, at, in the forties. So like, it's like they really tried to just stick with their stable of actors. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty great movie and it's a different um, way of seeing uh, Cary Grant oh, yeah. where he's still funny. He's still the movie star, but he's really manic in it. And he's concerned because his whole family's crazy and he doesn't want to be crazy too. And he's acting crazy, and it's it's brilliant. Um, I'd say it's one of the earliest horror comedies. Oh yeah, the yeah, because it's ones, there's yeah. some parts that are pretty dark in it. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, <laughs> when he's talking, uh, old Mister Hodges is underneath the window in like the chest. Yeah, and <laughs> so his brother, uh, Cary Grant's brother, puts a dead guy in there too. Yep, but he didn't know that. So his other brother thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. So he didn't know that his other brother buried the other body in the Panama Canal in the basement. So he opens up the chest and he looks in and it's a different body. And he, he's amazing. he doesn't say a word. He just goes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing film. Everyone should definitely check it out. Arsenic yeah. and Old Lace is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Warner, please put that on a yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, or, Blu-ray. Or give it to Come Criterion, yeah. please. I think that's a good. It's a Capra film, guys. That's, that's ripe for Criterion. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last thing I watched was Robin Hood Men in Tights. I love that movie, too. It's another one I remember growing up. He's uh, good. He, Ryan's good. He's good. <laughs> Unlike most Robins, I can speak with an English accent. He's good. He's Interesting name, Latrine. Yeah, we had to change it when we kissed came here. You used to be shit ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tracy Ullman's great. She's um, wonderful. Yeah, I I just adore that Tracy movie. Tracy Ullman was so huge. <laughs> yeah. And uh, movies like that they probably can't make anymore. Not I, I wish they could. Um I don't know if people appreciate spoofs anymore. I think we're t- I think epic movies ruined them. I think we're also too smart for it. Mm. Uh, maybe not. I don't know cuz he's I, Mel I think Mel Brooks films work generation span yeah. spanning. Um, Men in Tights, though, is like it's fun for me to watch also because, like, if you watch his that Shout put out a big collection of his, and they have a f- pilot for a show he never got to do called uh, um, Something's Rotten, and it was about it was about the, the the Robin Hood story in sitcom form, and a lot of those jokes transfer into Robin yeah. Hood Men in Tights, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I mean, I even love the blind guy when um. Robin comes up to him and says, like, Lincoln, what are you doing? He's looking at, he's on watch. He says, I'm guessing. I guess nobody's coming. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> oh, no, you lost your arms in battle, but you grew some nice boobs. <laughs> and, and, Black sheriff, why not? You worked in blazing saddles. Yeah, and I think Carrie Elways is so great. Oh, yeah. I, I wish he did more comedies because he is so spot on in his delivery. And he, he understands it. <laughs> My favorite, one of my favorite gags in that is a throwaway moment. It's when the uh, the abbot is coming to marry yeah. uh, marry the sheriff and whatnot, and you just hear a guy go, "Hey, abbot!" I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It makes me want to watch that movie. Yeah, I should. Richard Lewis is really great in it. Uh, Isn't Patrick Stewart at the end? Yeah, he's he's King John. <laughs> it's King good Richard. to be King the, Richard. Thank you. It's good to be the king. <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do Stewart <laughs> either. Don't worry. Um, Got to get too much Zach. The, no. mo- the most outdated joke in that movie, in my opinion, is honestly when Dave Chappelle's like, "Well, gotta get pumped," and he <laughs> <laughs> pumps his shoes. My full name is Will Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> Little John, help! I can't swim. <laughs> hey, don't let his name fool you. In real life, he's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dumb, and it's awesome. Yeah, leave us alone, Mel Brooks. Even, I even laugh at when they when they're talking to the fox to deliver the message, and he says, "Go," and it's like, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> like the noise it makes is hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Mel Brooks, amazing. Yep, amazing film too. Uh, this week on Real Nerds podcast, we saw Christopher Robin. Corinne, should people go see Christopher Robin? Go see. I mean, it's it's a charming movie. It's adorable. I think it will feel very familiar to people, both in terms of the story of like the workaholic dad who just needs to rediscover like what it means to be a kid and spend time with his family, but also like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger are in it, and it's just yeah. oh my gosh, you guys! I, I didn't realize how much I missed those characters. Oh yeah, until like Tigger sang his song, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah i mean sure go see it go see what the take your kids it's it's a fun fun movie i mean if you if you see it you're not gonna hate yourself but if you, <laughs> if you don't see it you're not really missing out you can wait till it's on disney streaming whatever uh disney 4k disney 4k <laughs> zach uh, so full disclosure, I ate a bag full of raw onions while watching this movie. So the 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 water streaming from my face was not me crying. No, I'm just kidding. It this movie, like, hit my my utter fucking core from childhood to just things I appreciate like that warm my heart are really like are stuffed into here. Like this is this is a very like. This is a film that I can't wait to watch with my nephew when he's like one or two, you know, like because it'll even three and four, like it'll peel right, it'll appeal right to him, and it's it just everything's beautiful about it. And Jim Cummings' voice performance is absolutely stunning. Ewan McGregor's great in this film. Mm -hmm. I think Mark Forster did a really good job in telling a story that I really honestly didn't want told when I first heard about it. So I'm. It's one of there better not be great movies near the end of the year because I really want this to stay on my top ten. Uh, yeah, I I love this film uh, a lot. To piggyback off Zach, Jim Cummings to me is one of my favorite voice actors. Mm-hmm. I love Darkwing Duck. Darkwing uh, yeah, it's Darkwing Duck is my favorite Disney like uh, series cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he, you didn't grow up with Recess. Uh, I'm good because um, I'd rather have the terror that flaps in the night. Yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> but Jim Cummings, and as soon as he <laughs> slips into poo, it's it, there's something that happens to me on like a emotional level. emotional level. I don't know how to explain. And um, there, there's a there's a scene in it where uh, Pooh just gets back to the hundred acre wood, and Christopher Robin comes down. They sit down, they talk about life, and it freaking wrecked me um, because uh, Pooh just says like the most simple things but it means so much and that's why 
I really loved this film and I, you know, as simple as, yeah, doesn't a balloon make you happy? And it's just, it cuts it to its core and it's, it's beautiful. And I was a little apprehensive when I first saw the uh, characters design, but in this movie, they're so lifelike and so stunning Mm -hmm. that it's. Any hesitation was, any hesitation I had was gone when the, when the, from the moment this film started. Yeah. uh, Here's a trailer for Christopher Robin. I do like a party. Monte. What should happen if you forget about me? Silly old bear. I won't ever forget about you, Pooh. I promise. Not even when I'm a hundred. We should be working this weekend, Robin. But I, I promised my wife and daughter I'd take them away this weekend. All hands on deck. You won't be coming to the cottage. Well, it can't be helped. Your life is happening now, right in front of you. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do indeed. Pooh? Christopher Robin. No. The tree I remember was in the countryside, not here in London. There's no opening. I suppose it's where it needs to be. That's a silly explanation. Why, thank you. Pooh, why are you here? Oh, yes, I need your help. I've lost all of my friends. Let's get to the bottom of this. Look up, Pooh. Here I come. It would appear that I am stuck. Have you just eaten honey? I have not just eaten honey. I wonder which way. I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I have been. Do you? That's the way I do it. Hello, Eeyore. Christopher Robin, it's you playing again. <laughs> Let's go and see if we can find Piglet. I've already stayed far too long. Hello, everyone. It's Christopher Robin! So nice to see you all again. Why, thank you. Silly old bear. I was wrong about work. I was wrong about everything, and I've got to get back to my family. Farewell, Christopher Robin. I would have liked it to go on for a while longer. Perhaps it's our turn to save Christopher. You must be Madeline. Wait, you're the bearer of my father's drawings? Yes. Do you know where he is? I do. <laughs> Let's bounce! I just saw the most preposterous imposter. Look at him! If anyone wants to clap, now is the time to do it. Oh, bother. I don't remember being cheery. (laughs) People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. No, poo, that's not the. Never mind. Here's, so, I really did not want this film to happen when it first got announced because I was like, no, please don't do that. Like, I, I don't know why, but I have a feeling you'll never do it right. But when they announced Mark Forrester, I was like, this this is going to feel dark and grim like a Terrence Malick movie about children, childhood. And sure enough, the visual palette reminds me a lot of a Malick film, but... It's so beautifully handled. The Hundred Acre Wood looks amazing in this film. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I wasn't sold on it until I saw the first trailer, and then I yeah. saw the first trailer and I was sold on it. Um, and yeah, it's it's grim and kind of really the tone uh, visually is really bland until Christopher Robin starts understanding um, what he's been missing in his life, and it starts lightening up, like the flowers start popping. Um, I noticed that right away, and I think it was is supposed to be because that's why I think the red balloon stood out so much. Yeah. Uh, and when I was watching the credits, some 
company was in charge of the red balloon. That's all they did. It's literally called the red balloon special effect. Yeah. Wow. And um, it's it's Wait, amazing. That was an effect. Yeah. They didn't even have a real red balloon. Yeah. That's kind of sad. What, <laughs> what what's what's interesting is like if, since we're in spoiler territory, the story like the trailer does a good job of kind of setting up what the story is, but the story like the way it paces itself is not necessarily what the trailer's kind of like like putting out there to a degree. Yeah, and you know the the tragedy of Christopher Robin being in World War Two and yeah. things like that is really interesting. Well I think that's hard to put in the trailer. Yeah, and I mean really I think my only complaint about the film is I didn't like the the villain at Winslow. He was a little too over the top for me. Yeah. Um whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then uh, and, and Haley Atwell didn't really have anything to do. Um, Other than be freaked out by talking stuffed animals. Yeah, and that part was fun. Yeah. But leading up to that, you're saying, oh, she doesn't like her husband. And I guess to, he, he, the only reason he's there is because he's trying to be selfless and make sure no one loses their job. So, he, Thus giving him much like, – there's so much to love about Christopher Robin even when he's not the most fun character in the movie. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I love this film is because it doesn't – I feel like when you try to do the, I'm going to call it the hook, the, the hook story, which is bring these characters back years later. Um, there's always a tendency to make them very unlikable, but yeah. I feel like Ewan McGregor is incredibly likable even when he has to say rough things. You know, but what what I but I what I loved about this film, I'm not a fan of Hook at all. But what I loved about this film is. Uh, who went out and looked for him? Yeah, because he lost all his friends. Yeah, and it was so simple, and he really didn't lose them. But it's he uh, it's it's Christopher Robin trying to reconnect and he's he lost who he was. And I mean, I even like teared up at the scene where, uh, you know, Christopher Robin comes home. He doesn't want to play gin rummy. So he runs across the street mm -hmm. and he lays down and Pooh's laying on the bench, too. And it's there's something beautiful about that. I don't know. I can't describe it, but they both How sit up. Movements kind of yeah, exactly. Other. Exactly. And it's just wonderful. And it. It's cool too because they weren't like figments of his imagination. It's these characters are real, and they are magical. But and I, that's what I love. But kind of Disney's rediscovering is the magic of Disney, which I think's been missing uh, for a little bit in the early two thousands. But where they're bringing back, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast and the Toy Story stuff and everything in there. The Disney has this magic quality to them that I don't think any other studio can replicate. And it's because you love the characters. You know, Saving Mr. Banks was my favorite film a few years ago because I love those characters. I love the magic of what Disney brings. And I thought uh, Christopher Robin really captured that again. Um, so I cried many times in this film, but there are two specific moments that are, I think are the, some of the most effective for me in just terms of my personal level. But they're also very just powerful, like moments um like first is when like it's after christopher robin's grown up and we cut back to Pooh and kind of his daily routine in the gloomy hunter acre wood yeah. and sure enough it's like it's a it's a straight up homage to the first moment we interact with winnie the pooh in animated form in disney history mm -hmm. that then kinetically kicks into what the story's gonna be yeah um and i loved watching the up down extra this the, the stoutness exercise which is you know, like it's something my mom would sing to me. Yeah, and so it, it hit me hard. And it's cute that he's wearing like the same get up. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it looks more lifelike, obviously. But someone ate the honey. There's a little callbacks <laughs> that it, it's just it, yeah. the movie's really good. But um, but the second moment, and it's a, a little bit more into the journey where Christopher Robin has gone back into the Hunter Eager Wood, 
and he talks about um, letting people go f- for his job. And Pooh asks a question that did you did, let me go? Did you let oh. me? Ah, oh my god, I fucking lost it. And the person who was sa- sitting two s- seats next to me must have been angry as fuck that I was blubbering like an idiot. I I don't blubber. I just like my eyes well up. I mean, I also had it when. Um, uh, Christopher Robin says those paper, those papers in my briefcase, the most important thing in the world to me. And Pooh just asks him straight up, says, "Is it more important than your daughter?" And I, whoa, yeah. And I mean, yeah. and it, he, the, the character of Christopher Robin, needed Winnie the Pooh to tell him that it's not important. Yeah. What you think is important, that's not what's important in your life. And it's it's your friends and it's your family. And as as a really wonderful moment, and like I said, when he sits down on that log after he has it out with Winnie the Pooh, um, yeah, because you know <laughs> Winnie's just Winnie the Pooh. He's trying to be look at the right side of things, mm-hmm. and yeah, that moment just got me. Um, also, um, like all the other characters in the Hundred Acre Wood are wonderful here. Like Tigger's great. Brad Garrett as Eeyore is awesome. I love that. Thanks for kidnapping me is a wonderfully <laughs> hilarious line. Yeah. He seemed like so much more depressed <laughs> he than was he pretty... was in the anime. Like, yeah. He's like borderline suicidal. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. I guess I'm just going to die. Doesn't like, matter. Like, Going off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here comes the waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> and then the waterfall is only like, this big. It's uh, one of my favorite, like, you and McCraker moments is like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I grew up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. And but then Peter, my man, Peter Capaldi was rabbit. Yeah, he was a good rabbit too. I didn't realize that until after like the credits start. Yeah, like, me too. Because it's like one of those things I recognize the voice, and uh-huh. I, the whole time I go, "Where do I know that voice from?" And then I saw, oh, Peter Capaldi, I know also it. in Paddington. Yeah, one and two. Yep. So he's just dealing in the bear movies, guys. Yeah. No. Um. But uh, and then like I, I, I had, I almost had an issue with this film until I didn't give a crap about it, but. <laughs> Tigger's song is technically shoehorned in, but I don't care. Like it, 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 it felt weird to me. Maybe I need to rewatch it, but it felt like I think so because he's just introducing himself to the daughter. I guess I, that's true. And Tigger always sings a song when he introduces himself to people. That's true. But it, but it, like I said, it doesn't matter because I just wanted to hear that song again too. So it, it served me just fine. <laughs> um, and also, and I, I love the reveal too, where they're trying to find his daughter, and um, his wife is saying, "So you're telling me." That these animals talk, and she's replaying his stories. He says yes, and then they literally just hit the windshield. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's I fun think stuff. The problem I had with it, and I love you, and McGregor. I think we spend too much time with him being annoyed with Pooh. Yeah, and that was something that really bugged me. Is that he hasn't seen Pooh in what thirty years or something? Yeah, and. He doesn't even he's not even like, oh, my gosh, like maybe like a little bit. He's like, oh, my gosh, you're here. You're real. Like, but then he goes straight into just being annoyed. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing here? Like, you're interrupting my life. I've got other stuff to do. And it, it feels natural in the sense that to me that if you haven't seen that world for 30 years and haven't really thought about it. Of course, it's going to kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're more saying. More of him like being accepting like, of it. You're, and, what you're you're real. Like, what yeah. is you know, like embracing more of like the magic of it. I agree. Like we see other characters later in the movie are like, there's a talking donkey. <laughs> yeah. Like the donkey yeah. is staring at me. The, when the cop and the 
taxi driver yeah, and the guy's pretty great. Well, you saw it too. No, 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 I, didn't, no I didn't see it. No, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I think the best parts of the movie were seeing the characters in the Hundred Acre Wood. Yeah. And seeing what Christopher Robin means to them and that whole speech by Pooh of like, you know, I looked for you because you were the one who always came and yeah. like anytime something happened, you were the one who got us out of our troubles and it was just yeah. like yeah like there were really good poignant moments but i i was just annoyed i'm like okay i don't need the workaholic dad i just want, <laughs> i want to spend time with poo because yeah. <laughs> he even he even says uh you know when he asks he's like what are you doing here you just don't you just show up in sussex he says this i guess i'm where i'm needed I'm like oh that's it's adorable um and then i like the way they incorporated some aa a. milne and animated disney um stories into oh, yeah. the plot itself walking through the fog was a good one for me because yeah. it was a great way to get them on a catch-up moment emotionally but also it's like it's it's one of those like classic animated like stories for them and the heffalump trap which is a more of a homage to the um the books or maybe the more recent film i haven't seen the most recent winnie the pooh released animated film that they did like oh that one's great ago. the winnie winnie the pooh yeah that's great um although how much did it rain that it went from <laughs> he rose to the top of like an eight foot ditch it's yeah. an imaginary forest I, I, it, anything can happen man the lighting changes very suddenly because it's magic i guess so um, but anyway i love this film yep yeah. yeah it was hilarious to see like grown men and women sh- like holding all the <laughs> yeah. animals in the various scenes especially there at the end when they're all like you know hands yeah full of Yep, these are my scene partners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of which, McGregor's great at acting against CGI characters. Well, he oh, should yeah. be after all that time in yeah. the Star Wars trilogy. He should be, but yeah, it takes some believability, and he's pulled he's, it off really well. He's mastered it by now. He's a great actor. Suffer through Attack of the Clones. It's he a great did. mashup trailer where they show um, they have uh, instead of Winnie the Pooh, it's uh, General Grievous, and he just goes like Pooh General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next week on the Real Nerds podcast, we're seeing the Meg. Oh, it is the Meg? <laughs> yeah. What else is coming out next week? Uh, Black Klansman. Uh, yeah, uh, we're seeing really the Meg. See. <laughs> you don't want to see Klansman. You don't want to yeah. see that one. K. I I I do want to see it, but okay. I'd rather see the Meg. Well, yeah. I'd rather see Jason Statham fight a huge ass shark. I want to see Denzel Washington's son fight the clan. Yeah, I hit the name's awful. I, I think it originally was called Megalodon, and then they changed it to the Meg, if I remember. Right. And it's Stephen Summers, right? No, it's uh, John Turtle. John Turtletop. So, National Treasure Guy. Gotta get the Constitution. So, I mean. I'm gonna steal that shark. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks fun. There's another movie that's coming out, too. But... You could always do oh, it yeah. a double feature. Yeah. Nah, no, no. Black Klansman might not be the most well, fun discussion compared to the Meg. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll probably see Black Klansman because the, the trailer's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And Adam Driver's in it. And Adam Driver's in it. Yeah. Maybe and, he's wearing. And, and apparently it emotionally wrecked Topher Grace to the point where he re edited The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Stay tuned for that, Corinne. As always, thank you for coming on. Sure. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, until next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. 
Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.